you know. All right, you ready to roll with this music, baby? Yes, I am. All right. All right. Now Again, we can do it. Our lead in music. Yeah. And now you know, people could see us now. People, the times are a changing. We've and our up. podcast is changing too. We've caught up with the world of podcasting. Well, hopefully, hopefully, like the times that are changing, it's all for the good. What we're doing and with the times that are changing, hopefully it's for the good. I tend to think it's going to end sour. That's my uh, <laughs> that, 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 that's my experience with uh, human history is with a good old fashioned murder of someone that you know. For example, Martin Luther King, a man who preached love, and there is a holiday named after for his birthday in this country, which loves work. Bobby Kennedy, you know, old Bobby. But you know, I tell you what though, with, with, with Bobby Kennedy, he was definitely a hero of mine. I read his autobiography, but he was... Uh, I saw the Emilio Estevez film about him. Oh. He oh. made that movie, you know. Emilio Estevez? Yeah. Really, that's a real, I mean, like, he rose the money. Real personal the money. topic for him. Is, I always find it weird when you find out that, like, big celebrities like that are huge history buffs. Like, for some reason, I just found it weird that the Men at Work guy was an expert. In, in, in what? In, in Bobby Kennedy. Like, that movie was oh, 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 a I mean, personal of project yeah. of his. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. There's, was, like, a passion project. Oh, yeah. God, isn't that interesting? That, that yeah, you, well, you think about it. I mean, I think a lot of actors have a bit of that, you know, complex that they feel like to chime in on what's going on right now. And they've been mocked mercilessly online. What is that again? No one should. What, what, what's the quotes that all the uh, famous people who have been online, like... Uh, so Sarah Paulson was on there. Like, no one should have. Oh, oh taking the, responsibility. The, video? Yeah, exactly. And, and oh, that's that's buddy. been just that's been taken to the cleaners, man. Buddy, it's been. Right. I was going to talk about that, but it's been on. They've played it on every show, so we don't. Yeah, have we to don't do have it. to. Okay, okay. But it's based. I mean, unless you want to. I, I haven't watched any of it to even know. I just heard about. Oh, it. Oh, you haven't watched it? No, but it just sounds like another class. I just, it's just. Do you want me to pull it up? Pop one on. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we'll everyone, this is not original material, I so guess. So while but, I look it up, we could uh, but I tell give you, a little uh, background for people who don't know. <clears throat> they did this. It's kind of like, did you watch the Gal Gadot fucking Imagine video uh, where she had a bunch of celebrities singing Imagine? Yeah. It's like, each, like each celebrity was singing a line of it. It was for COVID. Yeah. And yeah, then people, so, so people got like douche chili for that. And then this came out. Which is a bunch of actors speaking out. You know, uh, the fact is, a lot of actors should just stick to acting. And, and, and I'm listen. Of course, what they're saying is right. Of course, I agree with it. Well, the reason I'm not going too hard on this is because I just recently posted, a basically saying that I think it's dumb that like when. I used to make fun of people for like this, which we're probably about to do because it is yeah. fucking lame. Yeah, but I'm. You almost can't complain about it because it's a form of peaceful protesting. Like if, if you become the person to... that complains about everything, then you're the person that just doesn't want protesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. I hear you. <laughs> or right. cynical about it. But the, I but the point take... is, it, I think for a lot of people, what they project into it is like, why does this rich, famous fuck? They're going to tell me how to live my life. You know, and then it's it just okay. sort of like, I think it grates on some people, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and some, and, and, you know, some. And why is that wrong? 
you know? Hey, man, hey, I hey, take can responsibility. You, can, 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 can you get the light? Oh, yeah. They're going to ask you, Keith. Oh, thank you, Alicia. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I take responsibility. Sarah Paulson, you got old boy from, from Breaking I Bad. I take responsibility. I take responsibility for every unchecked moment, for every time it was easier to ignore than to call it out for what it was. Every not so funny joke. Every not so funny. Every unfair stereotype. It's like, uh, every blatant injustice, no matter how big or small. Every time I remain silent. Just by numbers, three of these people are racist, right? We <laughs> turned a blind eye. I take responsibility. It's just black people are. Jodie Foster is the one that made this. I think oh, it was like yeah. her idea. Well, I, I, I mean, she got it while she was munching out some box. There oh. you go. <laughs> that crocious classic right there. <laughs> when These I was roasting Bill Cruz. Killed in their own homes. These are our brothers and sisters, our friends, our family. We are done watching them die. So it's, it's, just, it's, it's just that. It's just two minutes of that, of them being like, I take responsibility for this. Of all the times I've talked away police brutality well, are you also trying to get ahead of the curve that you're afraid you're going to be canceled is, is there a, is there a cynical There's purpose a vibe in it too? Of that yeah i mean it's just like uh like if that's truly that's craven too in its own way Ooh, it, it craven is, good word you know i i just find that uh to me <laughs> the public i'm gonna have my confession to the public i, I don't know i i feel like the language part of this whole thing from from my point of view, and I'm not saying language isn't important. I just don't think it's as important as people say. From a priority point of view, I want to talk about substantive changes to laws and rules and regulations that needs to change. You know, and, oh, yeah. And, and I don't see how. I guess are they saying we're going to keep the momentum of this if we do this? Well, that's why. Well, I've also, been, maybe they are genuinely hurting and want to say something. Which I've I been so know. bummed out this week listening to like podcasts of all the comics that I kind of like and yeah. look up to being yeah. like. So this defund the police is so ridiculous. It's well, just it's, so ridiculous. Like that is such a fifty-five-year-old white man thing to say. <laughs> and so many people who I think are smart are just yeah. like, I think we need to more money. We need more training, oh, and we need to, like yeah, yeah. we've like no. we've never done that before. I, yeah, exactly. That, that, that's what got us here in the first you place. Think by the way, they started with a one point three billion dollar police budget, <laughs> yeah, or even I mean, it is. Again, I've gone back to it before on this Fuck show. Yeah, dude, next Friday. Oh, cool. It's a good one. Uh, my, uh, you know, obviously what I do for a living, affordable housing development. We're opening up a building in Orange County next month, and we're going to have a flyover of B2 bombers, homeless veterans. So, you know, I've worked in sort of the issue of this. You know, it's very much mainstream. It is part of the corporatocracy. We exist because we get tax breaks for wealthy corporations yeah. who then put money into building affordable housing, which, of course, the country needs desperately and, and different parts of the country need it even more like out here. But this and it's a long, long winded preamble to just saying how uh, th there needs to be like substantive change on that level. It, it can't just be like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how this. <laughs> I don't know, and and the defund the police thing. It's about it's about priorities. You know, we're spending too much money, and, and you know the the police are a catch basin for all of society's failings. I, I you know society's failings. You know whether it be education, well, healthcare, mental <clears throat> health. I mean, they catch it all. Any thinking cop realizes there's fucking problems. I also and, feel like it's people's thinking of like how she tells me, it's people's wired thinking that the quote unquote police should 
police everything. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> police should only worry about catching criminals and fucking like stolen property. Yeah. Everything else can be divvied out. We were even talking about it. Highway patrol. Those are your drunk driving people. Those yeah. are your highway patrol people. Yeah. Domestic situations. Probably you can delegate that to the social services. They can have some sort of force yeah. that they bring out and handle and, and that be, directly. And be funded properly, I might Yeah. Add. And be funded properly. The, the Again, antiquated priorities. thinking is when people think that the this is all their job. The police do everything. They well, catch it, the criminals. They police the streets. They stand there with their thumbs in their belt looking all cool. Like, yeah. that's not yeah. what it should be. Yeah. Cops should be like fucking Sherlock Holmes with the pipes. Yeah. Like, they shouldn't, yeah. they shouldn't be involved in any sort of dangerous situations so they can solve crimes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. Like well, again, she even said too, I quote her all the yeah. time, they're sending CSIs on crime scenes more and more because police r- like destroy evidence. Yeah, they, they, they don't, I mean, whatever, they're not trained for that too and to do that. But no, but that, that kind of, I think that dovetails nice into my point about just the idea of, you know, then there has to be, it, it's other parts of the priority chain that are that are failed. The mental health system in this country is failed. It, it, it goes down to the police. It goes into the jail system. I mean, the whole prison industrial complex in this country is disgusting. I mean, again, there's two and a half million people in prison in this country, more than any country on earth. We got six or seven million ex-cons walking the street, felons. You know, that, that's a big red scarlet letter against you getting employment, felons. voting for a felons. You know, so it's created this prison industrial complex because of the thugs, militarization, as the right calls them, thugs. You know, so it, it is. You know, again, there's got to be a different priority, putting some money towards education, putting some money towards mental health services. But but, but th- that's not dramatic. That's long-term thinking. And they're so goddamn short-term thinking. It, it's, this is a cultural thing for me. It's so short-term thinking. I don't understand why they, a lot of European countries, and this is the good, they're socialists. You're talking about the government taking over your life. That There is a long-term plan here. You know, we're reaping the rotten fruit of decisions from 25 years ago right now. You know, so it's like there needs to be some corrections on that point. But that is a much bigger, more comprehensive Dude, approach. Dude, I've been watching. We spent all night watching this show called Lost LA on PBS SoCal. The first two seasons of that show is basically telling you that the history of Los Angeles is displacing and dehoming co- people of color. Oh, yeah. Well, like, I, I, you, I, think, you have, I think the entire country is probably that way. You, you know have the mean? Chavez Ravine. Oh, yeah. With the Dodgers. With the yeah. Dodgers. And then like all we learned about the Haymarket riots. We, we got oh, into yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, dude. Well, Chicago. Listen, May Day is because of a Chicago parade. There used to be a, like there was once a labor movement in this country. That's another dimension of this too. This is labor's getting labor getting crushed. Early Reagan, boy, they went after labor hard and crushed it. Also, you know? I think and, and where you lived was a black neighborhood or something like uh, that. Lincoln Square. No, now in L.A. we're like over by you. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I can believe that absolutely. Absolutely. Like all of the nice neighborhoods were just heavily populated and very diverse. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's. You know, that's a classic sort of, oh, God. This is a deeper topic that I want to go back and read this article from The Economist. They do a special feature about every third issue where they do like seven or eight articles where they dive deep into, this one was housing and housing in the Western world. Caddyshack coming on it for. You know, know, and and the housing issue. And basically one of their theories or what they're hypothesizing is part of the reason why there's been this this big right wing um you know populist movement that's going gone on across the country across the planet 
is it is the cost of housing in mo- in like Western Europe. Oh here, yeah. I mean that that housing it's is a crazy. major and kind of the way that's managed and stuff. I mean, and they do a global look, they do a global dive. They talk about Malaysia, you know, and, and how they deal with housing. They t- I mean, so they go through all these different countries, and, and there are sort of different ways of addressing. Oh, dude, listen it. to how rapey this guy sounds. This is a, a lawyer. Well, Room and I will take you by the hand and guide you through everything. You see, personal <laughs> injuries are just that. They're personal. Don't worry. You're not a number. You're more than just a name. You know, this is your I like how they try to soften firm, the snake oil salesman now. He's a sensitive man with a beard and so his glasses. I've got your back. I've got your back. <laughs> Specifically, the small of your back. Sweet James accident attorneys? That's James a, Bergner. That, that's, that's fucking hilarious, man. So that's a local dude? If there is some local public TV here that's hilarious. If you've been injured in, if you've been injured in an accident, just know my wife's not home. <laughs> you can come over. You can come over. <laughs> Don't mind it. <laughs> I have my ether. I have a rag. Uh, <laughs> but call him. I hear he gets. There's also this attorney that like their numbers like eight 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 two million. Yeah, like- <laughs> because their whole thing is they'll get you an exponential payout for what you should have gotten. Oh. And so it's people being like, they said I was gonna get seven thousand dollars, and they got me seventy. And do exactly. I got fifteen grand because of these guys. They're good. Some people are like, they said yeah. my case was only worth seventy thousand, but these guys got me four and a half million dollars. Th- that's uh, one of my care. Bob Wright, self help guru, a character from fifteen years ago that I used to do. That and he one of, still one of, does. Let's yeah, be on occasion, I still do it. These are the keys to human happiness. One of them is I, I had this segment called Suing Your Way to Financial Freedom. I had a book I was, I was trying to peddle. And it was all just about people who just file lawsuits. Like they have like two or three in the hopper. Like the, the, that type of person does exist, you know. And, and, and that's when people bitch about. I mean, when I was growing up in the 90s, attorneys were really under attack. They were really under attack well, at like that time. that's the Simpsons guy. The guy that you know? fucking... Uh- Phil Hartman played. Yeah, exactly. Troy McClure. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's how. No, that's like again a knock on me as a kid. Is I was I was a South Park guy. And we, I'm not a big Simpsons guy, and people yep. look at me like I'm a fucking. I do think though that it, ooh, we got outside noises. I got yep. windows open. Yep. Uh, I do think it kind of as far as my humor goes. Water. It Simpsons fans are more intelligently humorous. Like I'm a South Park guy. I'm exy. Like South you Park's say. funny. South Park's funny though. Yeah, it's good. You know, it's good stuff in it. But I will say that. Although they are smarmy, a lot of my comedian friends who are Simpsons fans are way more intelligent with their joke writing than I am. Because it's very subtle humor. Yeah. Yes. Like, And that's part of what makes me seem dumb is when I was a kid, I didn't think that show was that funny. The Simpsons? Yeah. Wow. Like, well, it didn't make me laugh. Well, what's interesting about that is that also it's the age when it came into being and when but it, also when, i don't think a six-year-old should think the simpsons is funny well yeah exactly like exactly. you only pitch for that i but some of my that's why and maybe this is just me being ahead of my time i always like my friends in third and fourth grade loved it and part of me was like you don't get it yeah we're yeah. eight yeah you're supposed to like it because you you see that your parents like it yeah and so therefore you, and therefore but you don't know what you're talking about yeah like South Park is for us. Yeah. They say fuck and shit and talk about sex. And yeah. we're in fourth grade. That is what we should be watching. It was, uh, but but definitely when the Simpsons first hit, 
when it first hit, it was a true phenomenon. Like it, it, it well, because like, it started out as a sketch on the Tracy Ullman show, exactly. But then when it really hit on Fox, like on Thursday nights, you spend Thursday nights on Fox. We would have Simpsons watching party. I, I mean, I, I was in uh, in college at the time, and it, it truly was a like that was a season breakthrough. three is when it truly popped exactly right? when Conan started writing. Well, on when the show. season three happened, it was like it really captured its voice. And if you watch season three episodes, they're still very fun. Someone now. told me seasons three through seven is they were like. Because I've never really watched the show. I've seen episodes and I yeah. know of it loosely. Yeah. Um, but someone told me they were like seasons three through seven is the peak of the show. Yeah. And uh, then after that, it's just whatever. Yeah. It, it just, it got so good. They figured out their formula that, okay, we'll plug it in here, plug it in here. What was interesting too, when it first came out, it was a Bart Simpson based show. It was the little, the little kid who's been And they made shit. it about Homer. Well, then they realized, oh, the true star is actually Homer. You know, and so it was like, that was like a shift too that happened kind of during that time also where it got out of being Bart Simpson's show. If you watch those early episodes, I remember watching the earliest ones and thinking they were hilarious and you watch them now, they look so dated. They look so dated. There's kind of a, there's, there's some very funny ones when they, when, they, when they wanted to take the violence out of Itchy and Scratchy. Marge had a campaign for taking the violence out of Itchy and Scratchy, which obviously was Tom and Jerry, you know, right. so it was just beating each other up and, and just... That whole episode, I remember thinking it was this great satire. I remember watching it recently, and it was like, that's nah, dated. And it was an early episode, but nothing was like well, it. Well, it was funny. They, they wouldn't take those topics. When I worked in a video store, I was like, all right, I work in a video store. We have the show. I'm going to watch the show. Yeah. I got through the first three seasons. I got the first two seasons, and yeah. then I got fired. And then someone told me, or Todd, when I moved to Chicago, he was like, yeah, the first two seasons suck. Yeah, He the, was like, you literally didn't even watch the good part of the yeah, show. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's third, it's third in the third season, it, all the characters become more realized, too, in their interactions. Well, the first two seasons is all just, this is the family type shit. Yes. This is how they got their dog. This is like yeah. how they are in school. It's a lot of intro to stuff. Well, it's also, you know, what was unique about it is animation had, I mean, literally, animation had the had, lines were squiggly yeah yeah the shape yes. of the characters like you can tell they weren't they were literally freehand drawing yeah. it and then yeah. motion and then moving it there yeah. was no drawing it and then fixing it like yeah, a yeah. computer like yeah. how they do now absolutely you know and so just it being a animations i mean it was like the flintstones was the previous one that was For, an animation show and this is 60s, what makes me you know? feel old because people that are younger don't know this. Remember when you would watch the behind the scenes of animation and they would fling the pieces of paper to yes. show you how it moved? That yeah, exactly. was like how The Simpsons was drawn. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. Then, like yeah. The, behind the scenes of The Lion King and they showed you with John Lasseter fucking thumbing yeah. through fucking <laughs> things and you're like, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, He yeah. drew 4,000 pictures. <laughs> yeah, but not anymore, man. You know, it's... Uh, it's a different ball game now, but the, but again, it was a phenomenon. So for me, it was definitely. I mean, that was a huge show, a and part of my kind of early this is adult a great line. Hold on, real quick. Okay. Oh. Sucker! Oh, they changed it. It's fucker. I forgot this is on TBS. Exactly. We're watching next Friday, guys. <laughs> they got a little more of a budget for this one, you could tell, compared to. The oh yeah, well because this. I will give this credit too. Friday breaks a lot of ground and yeah. we can get into it one episode. I have a whole dissertation. Friday is one of the greatest movies ever made. Yeah. yeah for you're a, a lot huge of reasons. Fan of it. You're a huge fan of but Friday. But this movie kicked in the delayed sequel. This was five years after Friday. And like when it came out, people were just like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then it was good. So then every other franchise was just like, well, let's do let's, a sequel. Let's, give it a let's shot. do a sequel. Yeah, this, cool. this brought back the don't, we don't need a sequel sequel. <laughs> oh yeah yeah the idea of it can stand on its own too like Dude, it's story friday line. was a legendary movie there yeah. was no need to make this movie yeah. aside from the fact that friday was money. still or yeah friday was still wildly popular yeah yeah 
But yeah, it's interesting. When I, when I think of when I grew up was was to me it was the beginning of the sequel era. Like the eighties was definitely like we're gonna make part two. Like Lethal Godfather Weapon two, two probably started that. Yeah, and I think yeah of the idea that a sequel could be profitable. Yeah, and, and well, also well, that's the reason why they do it, obviously. But but then might even be better, which usually it's not. It's the only uh, I yeah. think. What are some Back to the Future two and Godfather two are the two movies where people say it's as good, if not better, than the first one? You know, Back to the Future two. I remember loving that when I I was in the theater watching it. We snuck in Michelob beers. I was drinking beers in the theater. Dropped one of them, broke it, which bummed me out because uh, we didn't. We only had a six pack. We didn't have a twelve pack up right now. And and I remember, but the end of got of uh, of. Back to the Future Part Two is an advertisement for Part Three. I remember being well, feeling yeah. so like it, it just didn't feel right to me. I did not like that from an audience because I, I and well, I liked after, the movie. And then after the credits rolled, they showed you a trailer for Part Three because they exactly. shot them at the same time. Exactly. And I was but like, what was good is the sequel came out like four months later. Oh no, no, the sequel came out in eighty nine. Back to the Future was no in the third one. Oh, the third exactly the third one. It came out in late 89 and then the third one came out in mid 90 that's interesting that they were decide- they were going to make that decision you know well what I, mean? I read all about it yeah. so they shot all of them together all and they had three weeks off between and while the actors took <sighs> off uh he edited the second movie wow so wow. so Zemeckis said yeah. he legitimately worked 365 days straight, like 12 hours a day. Yeah, I could believe that. Like he he was like, it fucked me up because he also yeah. was shooting Roger Rabbit at the same time. Oh, juggling a couple of major projects. Yeah, yeah. You're you're working your ass off. Uh, yeah, it's interesting that that choice was made. You know what I mean? To say, okay, we're not going to. You know, we're not going to have the delayed sequel because you know that's what Star Wars. When, when it was three years later, it was like so. Oh my best God. sequels we have: Terminator Two, Godfather Two, uh, yeah. Empire Strikes Back. Yes, Aliens. Yes, uh, uh, Aliens actually still better than Aliens. Aliens is decent. Wrath of Khan. Yes, that, that saved the Star Trek franchise. Uh, it would have died. Spider Man Two, which is more my generation. Which yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, it's good. I agree. It's actually better than the original. I agree too. Mad Max. Yeah, I uh, with the um, or Mad Max Two. Because nobody knows Road Warrior, they Road. they know fucking Beyond Thunderdome. Yeah, yeah it's Road Warrior. That's yeah, what it is. Uh, Lord of the. Oh, now you're getting it. Oh, yeah, now before Sunset, Bride of Frankenstein. Now you're getting into the fucking weeds. Superman two blows dick. Get oh, the fuck out. When of I here. saw Superman two in the theater, and I, and I liked it. You see it now. It is <laughs> Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom is a good sequel. Uh, not as good as the original. The doors open. <laughs> yeah, okay. Color of Money. Oh yeah, that's a sequel to The Hustler. Yeah, exactly. Although the the Hustler is actually better. <laughs> the greatest movie sequels, but I would almost say T two, sixty. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. <laughs> bogus Life Journey. Shrek two. I'm going all the way to the bottom. I hate when they start at sixty. <laughs> Give me the goods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what Aliens be- is number one. Uh, I disagree. But although, here's oh, why oh, I think Aliens is good, though. I might liked it a lot. Also, I think Aliens is responsible for the franchise because oh, Aliens, yeah. Alien One, is a horror movie. Aliens, yeah. they made a decided effort to go sci-fi. Oh yeah, yeah. and it's action-packed from beginning to end. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, that's definitely a Cameron movie. That that was it. I mean, that was the follow-up for Terminator for him. That really cemented him. Number two is Godfather Two. Godfather Two is great it's not good it's better than the first one it's great and the first one is amazing <clears throat> and godfather 2 is great number three is terminator 2 uh I, that was a big movie i like that movie and then dude it's been on recently number four is mad max fury road 
the fifth. That was a good fucking. Movie. I'll be honest. I fucking loved it. <laughs> Honestly, I was authentically entertained. Toy in that Story movie. Two. Do you know what I liked about? Uh, uh, can we talk about that? Yeah, yeah. Free Road. What I liked about it was the fact that it was a, a bunch of stunt cars. There was, I mean, the stunts in that. You know, because you'd sort of forgotten about that because there's so much CGI, whatever it's called now, you know. But the stunts in that were amazing. I think they had 300 cars to do stunts with on that movie. And those are awesome car stunts. You know, a good old-fashioned car chase. I just watched a part of the French Connection, which, by the way, if it's you a great movie. It, it's great. It is about as unwoke. trying to stop a heroin ring. Yes, exactly. That's being traded through Marseille. Yeah. Because Marseille in the Mediterranean, is the um, it's the fourth largest city in France. It's a complete French mobbed Didn't up city. His, isn't that like a revenge movie? His son gets popped in a blown heroin deal or something no, like that? No, well, there's, there's, the French Connection 2 was right after that. It was two yeah. years afterwards. William Freekan directed, who directed The Exorcist. So he's a good director from Chicago originally. But there's a great car chase, chase sequence in that. And then that was like a, that was like a real action moment. In like all 70s cop shows had to have a car chase because of the French Connection. The classic scene with the woman pushing the, yeah. uh, the, the baby carriage across. But I watched that. A lot of people think Blues Brothers started that. Yeah. Blues Brothers is still amazing with that, you know. But that's why Fury, I liked Fury Road because it was a lot of like car stunts. You could tell it was like, oh my God, they're actually doing this crap <laughs> and pulling it off and making it look pretty damn amazing. It looks good. I mean, that, that, that is a, that is a, there's a, an aesthetic to that movie that's out. When they go into that dust storm early in the movie, I mean, I'm talking about, I saw this six years ago or four years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's like that, I remember that dust storm. That was a cool sequence, you know. And, Dark and Knight like, Six, and, and like lightning coming out of the du- the dust storm, and, and also that is a uh, precursor to uh, to climate change, my friend, because uh, there's going to be more, more and more dust storms like that happening in the future. You know, I think I, I, I'm wondering what do you think? And this, I mean, this is a dark direction I'm taking. Let's Co- go for it. COVID is obviously still a real thing. COVID although, pain. Although everyone is getting fatigued with it, including myself. I hung out yesterday with CJ Sullivan and Ryan Ridley. We had lunch yesterday. Uh, and then- Did um, you mask up? You followed the, yeah, reg- yeah, the regs? Yeah. Although we went into the, the restaurant, we took the mask off in the restaurant. We, we had our own little booth. Well, area, that's which part was of awesome. like when these restaurants are like, you have to wear a mask. Like, wh- what about when I eat? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, <clears throat> but we were off in a, a corner. It was perfect. It was actually perfect. It was great. Uh, but the point is, is um, um, yeah. So yeah, I, I don't know what it was. <laughs> I'm high, but yeah, okay. it, it just uh, um, w- w- these things come in three: COVID and now the uprising. I'm calling it an uprising. It's not a riot. Well, it's an have uprising. you noticed? I they don't call the LA riots the LA riots anymore. It's the uprising of 1992. God, it's crazy. You know, it, it, it's an uprising. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm wondering what the third thing's going to be. What's going to be the awful thing? And here's my, my theory is that, you know, uh, there's a reason why George Floyd was killed on Memorial Day. I mean, there's a reason why that was done. You know, yeah. I mean, that was. Because uh, white and- people were like, this is how we do it. <laughs> so it was, it was, uh, <laughs> I think July 4th is going to be. Uh, I think there's going to be some event that happens on that day. You know, I mean, I, this is, I have been dreading Trump's reelection since the second I knew he was going to be president in 2016. I think he's done. Uh, I think he's done. I, I do think, I, I will say, this thing has, I thought the COVID was like a boa constrictor death. It's shown his, presidency. his ass. He can't, people have seen that he's, he's not reliable. He doesn't follow his word. He can't, everybody, everybody's thing 
that the reasonable Republicans that voted for him all said, well, we know he's wild now, but when he gets in office, he'll learn his lesson. He'll, he'll, and people are like this COVID COVID thing. Everybody thought that was fake, but even the people who hate protesters, the idea that he wanted to mobilize the military and yeah. that fucking photo op in front of the ch- church yeah. annihilated him. Yeah. That yeah. crushed him. Cause I you hope don't, even cause I hope, well, because it came off so hollow and even religious people were like, you clearly don't give a fuck. About, yeah. Like you were holding that shit upside down. Yeah. Yeah. And not smiling. Yeah. A- a- ACOA. She had, a, she had a funny thing. She was like, is it burning his hand? And it was a little tweet. It was kind yeah. of funny. But anyway, it, she yeah, needs yeah. to step up, dude. She's the, she's the one person who we could turn into like a left Trump of like, get behind her now. Because she can't run for president yet. Yeah, she yeah. also kind of doesn't know what the fuck she's doing. Yeah, in politics she's also yet. young. Yeah, yeah, she's twenty. That was my eight. big criticism of her. I love everything about her, but I felt like she came in. She came in too gung ho. Like you can't come in with the Green New yeah. Deal. Yeah. People are gonna laugh you off the fucking floor. Yeah, like you got to establish yourself, and then you fucking drop down. Yeah. That, drop down that you want to ground every airplane in the country. Yeah, and build yeah. a light rail. <laughs> like yeah. okay, yeah. but what are we yeah. gonna do? In the meantime, you can't just ground airplanes. You know what that'll yeah. do to the fucking economy? Yeah, yeah. No, it's yeah coming in that way. That's not how it happens. That that their their deals and relationships get forged over time, which are all bought off by moneyed interests, which is part of the reason why the system is so flawed. You know, I used to work for a, uh, when I was an intern, a common cause. Our goal was campaign finance reform. You know, basically trying to get money out of speaking fees and honorariums because it was affecting the laws that are being written. And that was 1989 when I did that, 31 years ago. And boy, it has gotten so much worse. The influence of just money in the whole system is just, that is like a fundamental thing that has to change that is just ingrained. And if that could be changed, I mean, that would be amazing. Because it's just like the laws that get written have to be thoughtful and mindful of like, the public good has to be in part of the decision-making process. I feel like the laws that get written, it, they're all written by the industry that they're regulating. You know, and it's just like, what is going to, I, I have to mitigate my risk of losing money. So I have to, I have to get this law drafted the way I want it, or I'll just draft it with our attorneys and, and, and the congressman will, will sponsor it. It's not even like, you know, I used to think like, ooh, the congressman would draft the laws. You know, no. I mean, they're just this voice for like, oh, he's our guy and he's our guy. And it's like, there's no discussion of the public good and what the public good is. And like public health is part of that, you know? And it's like, so those are the real deeper institutional things that need to sort of change as opposed to, yes, the police thing to me, that is the front lines of it, obviously. That is the fraying of the social contract. Like we're pissed off. We've been pissed off about this for a long time. You know, this has to fucking change. I get worried about, I think it's given them a lifeline in the sense of to, to try to be the law and order candidate and he'll be like they want to defund the police did you see when can he you said, imagine well, the anarchy it's gonna happen you know that's why i said and i posted this on the facebook which is where you really it's where you make real change um <laughs> we, we all know that that has been established okay <laughs> i posted that you can't because everybody was so down on biden of like oh well he's uh, no presidential candidate is ever going to put forth defunding the police even if aoc yeah. was running for president yeah. her campaign manager would be like no nope, there's no way yeah. in fucking hell you're going out yeah. there and saying you're defunding the police do you want yeah. to lose the election tonight yeah so that's why i think he that's given him a lifeline because i thought the covid well, was because like, he said we're going to dominate with compassion because <laughs> you know there's two ways in fact when i was taking the the sat 
and there, there was the analogy section. Dominance is to compassion. Oh, yes, those two words go together. Not boot on your face. You really think about it. He, and no. he was the one who put forth, he was like, if anything, we're going to be spending more money for better training and better oh, equipment. Jesus Christ. But that just is part equipment. of the industrial complex. Equipment was the problem. Oh, God. These darn black people, can our, our sticks aren't hard enough. I know. I know. Yeah, it is. It's a problem. Yeah, it, it's... Uh, so I hope you're right, Keith. And, and you make a compelling argument that this could be the end of it because that photo op was terrible and he got and he's been under siege. And like, I mean, he's definitely reeling from like, you know, they moved that Tulsa rally, which is going to be the, the first hiding, one. The they hiding, moved in, the, it, the hiding in the bunker was bad for and, him. And too. they also got to they're gonna make him sign a waiver. Well, can these fucking Trumps work? If you think it's a hoax, why do I have to sign a waiver to not sue you? It's like, how? where is the disconnect in their mind where they don't see what a liar this guy is? And I realize you think all politicians lie, but this is an extreme level of that. You know, it's like, it's, but you know, at the same time, another argument as to why he'll lose is he's brought no one else to the party. It's not like anyone, not a single person who voted for Hillary is not saying, God, you know something? I'm going to vote for Trump now. There isn't a single person in the country thinking that. No. So he hasn't expanded it at and all. And you know, it's funny. You know? I was thinking about this the other day. Everyone who's down on Biden and just like, I ain't going to. These are people who don't vote in elections anyway. Yeah. 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 I like mean, you probably weren't going to vote for Bernie anyway because yeah. you were because you were so stupidly confident that he was going to win. Yeah. yeah it's uh, trust me. Biden and Trump are not the I'll same. I'll even admit it. It's why, the it's, same. it's why I didn't vote for Elizabeth Warren. Because I was like, well, I'll vote for Bernie because I really love Bernie. Yeah. But I know Warren's got this. Yeah, and then when everybody turned and put, and I was just like, oh well, this is a coup I didn't expect. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Warren got, uh, yeah, Warren. She for a while she was leading. I, I, I think that's who the VP candidate should be. I think she has she has some, some reasonable proposals that I think people in America could get like with childcare stuff. See, or some and this proposals is what she I was saying, and this is the problem with the left is they're too all in or nothing because I don't even think Elizabeth Warren would say defund the police. Yeah, no, no, and no, that's all. You, all, all she needs to do is say, "Well, I don't want to totally defund the police," and the left would throw her to the fucking wolves well, and be like, "Well, we're." It's this idea that, like, well, if you don't agree with a hundred percent of what we think, we're done with you. Yeah, oh, well, that's why you haven't built a Democratic Party because you're constantly <laughs> casting people away yeah, for yeah. making for not agreeing with one thing. Yeah. out of the hundred things that you want, like, I know, you got to make some concessions here. Well, exactly. Well, yeah. What are your priorities? What What are your priorities? If you're you know? for police reform versus police defunding, you are not. How they're like, well, you're you're not a you're not a part of the solution. You're part like. Calm down, man. Yeah. Like, I'm not against you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I just don't yeah. think you should pull every police officer off the street tomorrow. Yeah. Well, and it, well that's not what we're saying. But it can, boy, it can be spun that way yeah. pretty well, quickly. Well, you're kind of not yeah. saying what you want outside of defund the police. <laughs> well, it, it, to me, it's, yeah. So that to me is like kind of, there needs to be a voice kind of framing those discussion There's points. no leader. You know, the, and, and it's civil rights had MLK. Yeah. Like every, every is, right. Problem is, yeah, go ahead. I'm, go every ahead. movement has had one guy. Yeah. Who was like, this is our guy. Yeah. There's nobody in the progressive movement because they cancel all their leaders. Well, it's all, well, it's, and if Martin Luther King was doing it now, He'd he would have been canceled he because cheated he cheated on his, on his wife, wife every day. A lot, you know? So it's like, it shouldn't take away from, you know, it, it is, you're and, right. And I guarantee you, he used his power as Dr. King to slay pussy. Yeah. Oh, I, he was I mean, slaying I, civil I, rights. I, I, I think a lot of women were, you know, very, because. 
I mean, he was he was the real deal. You know what I mean? So I think there were a lot of women who were very attracted to him because he truly was. He lived it, you know. So, uh, yeah, it, it is um, from my opportunist point of view. I think it's a windfall for my script. I, I'm getting excited about my script. And can thinking, I get some some serious yeah. advice on sure, your script? Sure. Yeah. You need a African American showrunner to fuck. You need a black guy to co-write this and pitch it for you. Well, here's no one thing. is going to buy this from a white male. Well, it's my, my my writing partner is the attorney at the organization that I worked at for forty or for three years. He's been a, a civil rights attorney for forty years, and he is a committed radical to this day he was a hardcore weather underground type shit yes like committed you know so and he's done all police misconduct fair housing employment discrimination you name it he's the immigration law all the lefty law he has Mm -hmm. done so he's got a tremendous amount of experience but you're right i do want to what i've been doing on the deadline hollywood links i get sent i'm saving all the ones that are african-american themed and looking at like the production companies and stuff that are working on that because it's like even th- like that is one of the that's who i want to pitch send it, it to Dwayne kennedy well I, and be like and just be like dude re- rewrite this for me see what you would do with it well yeah i uh i want to get it to the heavyweight friends of mine but it's got to be better than what it is right now i've had my nose bloodied a few times by my yeah. heavyweight comedian friends because it's just like this shit ain't ready yet. You know, it's just not there. It's getting there, though. I'm reading it tomorrow. The, the tactic I've used now is I did a bunch of editing for about a month and a half because I got feedback from two friends of mine who were in the industry, and there were some major things I had to correct on it that I got done and taken care of, uh, which is good. So I, I put it down for several weeks. A lot of graphic rape in there. I read the you script. <laughs> but I had, to, I had to do a lot of... Uh, I had to do a lot of uh, of uh, just correction to it, that, that getting in like, a little more character development. And then uh, I'm reading it tomorrow with my writing partner. We're actually doing a Zoom read of it tomorrow, which is a, I'm going to be curious to see how it sounds. How wordy is it? What, what can be cut out of it? I'm trying to get the fat out of it. Again, the classic thing of showing versus telling. And there's a certain segments that I have too much telling. But I think if I can get this thing in shape, if I can get this thing in shape, now is the time to try to peddle the thing. I'm telling you, it, it is just the time for it, you know, because the topic is front and center with what's going on. Yeah, it, it, is, it is part of the pillar of the discrimination thing. Really take you know? advantage of the situation. Well, exactly. Yeah. I have to be an opportunity. <laughs> if there's one thing I've learned from our esteemed president of, from 45 is yeah. how to create an opportunity. I get so impressed with how young black men can keep their pants up and not on. <laughs> like Mike Epps is running from a large woman <laughs> and his pants are off but they're not falling down <laughs> this is a great tonight. saying shit might be tonight back home, girl. he's getting chased by a fat girl Baby, with the bull stuff. this is a great scene now you ain't gonna catch me as usual baby D. Mike Epps is Come the on, shit let's make a deal while we can you're not gonna catch me <laughs> what you want another big pond CD Kelly Price Luther Vandross hell no uh-uh. How about that? You know how just you stop like a fight with a fat girl. You just give her a quick. <laughs> you can get to it quick. No, he's no, he's paying her off through sweets. Yep. Yeah. Taste it, baby D. Okay, all is good. Eat this. <laughs> You're cutting gray. Hook us That's it. Just tell him to come over here and talk to me. So, so where where is he? Where is he living? Rancho Cucamonga. Oh, oh, okay. So they're out in the burbs. Yeah, because okay. dad hit the lottery, and now he's the king of Rancho Cucamonga because he paid cash money for his house. Uh, but the premise of this movie is that 
Craig has to go to live with them in the suburbs because Debo's out of jail. Debo's the guy he beats up at the end of the yes. first movie. Oh, oh, oh. So he's, he's coming back looking for him? Yeah. Oh, shit. So he goes and hides out in the suburbs and then he gets into all this shit and he's, this is, we're still meeting Mike Epps and his whole situation. He's got this baby girl who's the pregnant girl right there. That's yeah. not his baby. Yeah. She was pregnant when they met. They broke up two Fridays ago. Uh, and then, so now she's running around. Baby D's her little sister, but she's big. Yeah. She's the little sister that's bigger than the big sister, as yeah. you're about to find out. Uh, so now. <laughs> that, that decision. I like so that now he's running from her. Uh, <laughs> and then the crux of the movie is you find out that the dad owes all these back taxes and their house is about to get seized. So oh. they have to come up with like three grand by tomorrow or something. So it's like, like the that. Blues Brothers or something. Well, it's like, it's like Friday. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Except hilarious. for on Friday, they only need $200, a hundred of which Smokey already had. And then he puts the other hundred on Craig. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. And then while getting the money, because Big Worm is the guy who wants his money, yeah, he comes at Smokey with at least four hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of shit. He fucking comes up with a hop and ass fucking car. Yeah. Like, do you have my two hundred dollars? Yeah. Then he comes at him with an ice cream truck that he's selling shit out of. <laughs> so it's a small business essentially. Yes. Like, why are you crying about this two hundred dollars? Yeah. That's yeah. what I would say. He's a dealer. You know, the whole right? time, and cr- and you got a hundred of it. Just give him the hundred and be like, "I got you later <laughs> yeah, today." Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, here's enough. It'll get you off my back for a while. You know, that's it's a, a great movie, though. It's also there's funny scenes in it. Absolutely. Well, it's also an. I always say it's an ABC on how to write a script. Like the way the movie is set out, like they introduce the characters right at the beginning. Yep. Like they almost tell you, like, "Hey, Craig." What yeah, are you yeah. doing? Exactly. And he was just like, ain't no, doing nothing, daddy. Like they like establish everybody. Like why is that bad? The, the, that's good. The love interest in it literally wears white the whole movie to <laughs> signify that she's the love. And like yeah, it's yeah. so spot on. Like this is how you write a script. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, but, you know, people might say, oh, well, that's simple. No, if it works, it works. And, it, and then he you know? realized like the whole movie is just them sitting on the porch and the movie comes to them. Yeah. Like the whole movie is them sitting on a porch smoking weed and then Smokey owes this guy $200. And then the rest of the movie is just neighbors approaching them. And you could totally make that movie for cheap, man. And he you was the smart. Right and he was smart and realized, well, if I just hire a bunch of stand-up comedians, they'll just say funny shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, I'll give him some, uh, you know, some flexibility to improv a little yeah. bit. Just give him a line. It's a perfect movie. Yeah. Friday is a perfect movie. Yeah. Yep. And it established some of the greatest cultural references of all time. You got not you got knocked the fuck out by yeah. Felicia. Like <laughs> everything. My back, my neck and my back. Like when he falls in the store, yeah. like all that shit. That's all from Friday. Yeah. Witherspoon. <laughs> He's in it. But no, it, it uh so it, but yeah, these are interesting times, Keith. There's definitely a what hit you this past week? Was there anything that sort of you know, was uh, news to you or anything? I think or? it's dope that they're fucking occupying fucking police precincts in you know, Seattle and Asheville. They fucking are making their own countries. You see Fox News is being all smarmy about it. They sent one of their reporters and he was like, we're at the United States Chaz border. Like they're literally treating it like, okay, you're not Americans now. We're going to cover you like you're not America. Jesus Christ. And wow. like, like they're like, they're in Seattle. What, what, you're in Seattle. What, what, what a uh, calm down. What an odd choice! What a, but a very because uh, they are autonomous. Like money, money isn't American money is not taken in these autonomous zones. You know they exchange ideas. <laughs> well, it's just you know. It, See, that's the kind of bullshit that you can't 
throw at as an option like defund the yeah. police yeah no more money like what the fuck are you doing dude uh, th- there needs to be a, a voice that's actually out there but that actually is talking about true systemic reform you know and uh, and that's just oh man it's so corrupt it's so bad now and, and you know when he if he if he loses look at Lowe's putting out fucking ads immediately because Home Depot's gross now yeah I uh you know I just I don't know I don't know man it's it's uh you know we're just beginning this re-election and I I said this before my another point another tangent I had was just you know I, I feared his re-election the, the moment I knew when he got elected I was like oh god you know this is going to be so bad and it's turning out to be so bad he started and his re-election campaign the day after he was inaugurated yeah well, exactly like officially yeah, yeah. He, he applied for a re-election the day after he was yeah inaugurated. i mean i guess literally that's what they say all the quotes of military folks all he cares about is his re-election well because once know. you once you apply you can start campaigning and collecting donations yeah so yeah. he's and that's what people are gonna have to they i don't think they realize that He's been practicing for four years. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, so it's, he makes all these gaps now because he's he's has to like dance for the situational shit that happens. Yeah, but yeah. this election is where he's at home. Oh yeah, yeah. He's absolutely. got he's this got space. bullets for Joe Biden. Yeah, yeah. And Joe Biden is a mindless corpse, and he's not going to be able to keep up with him verbally. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, you know something though too, man. Uh, if you look at Trump. There's something going on neurologically with him too, man. They, they showed a clip of him today. You know, he delivered a speech to the to the to the army, and they, I mean, whatever to West Point. It was just like he can't like he can't grab a glass and bring it up to it. He has to have both, and he can't. It, it's shit because well, he's jacked on Adderall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that he's. I mean, mentally, I think there's something going on too, where he may also blow a gasket too. Like that's in the realm too of him, like having some weird fucking freak out and get angry and have an aneurysm on stage. I mean, that, that's not out of the realm. I mean, he is in his, I think, what is he? Is he he's 70, 74 years something old. Like that. I think he's the same age as Vince McMahon. Yeah. Joe Biden's thing is he's got to get Trump to say the N word on stage on television. And oh, if, oh if, if Trump says that, yeah, just bait him into saying the N word in front of the nation. Yeah, and and, and certain, ah. it's <laughs> so this whole this this thing is definitely thrown. Or like lifeline. you said, literally pull out his mob connections. Oh, I, I mean th- that's what it is. But he's, the problem is, is that they're all kind of on board with that, so he, you you don't have a lot of cover on that. But he is just, I mean, I mean, he is so mobbed up that it is. I mean, it's international crime that that is funding him. You know, that's what's it's and it's, it's a lot of this right wing movement. That's what a lot of it is. It's just it's crazy, man. I mean, it is a it's a weird financial play going on. Uh, it's these are odd times. And, you know, the fact that this is going on across the planet, I think people of color who obviously are always under the boot heel, have always been under the boot heel. I think they're really feeling it across the planet. I don't it's not just here. I think it's across the planet to heal the planet because it's just again, I go back to it when I was born. In 1970, there are three and a half billion people, and now there's six, eight billion people. Eight. There's eight. It's more than doubled in my lifetime. It's like, <laughs> just from a resource point of view, there's got to be a reckoning with that. You know what I mean? Like it just can't go on forever. The economic model that this country has is about short-term growth and short-term growth only. How, how does it? What's your next period? Okay, March 31st. You know, well, uh, that's June why 30th. we it's get. Just, that's why we have to oppress people so we fucking we have limit sque- this population. Well, it, it is, but they want to squeeze every freaking dollar out of you, you know, so we don't want to give you benefits or anything like that. We want to make you go out there and work. So we can oh, make is more that, did you, you see uh, Trump said 
And then after we take our break, we'll watch a yeah. movie and dick around like that. Yeah. Uh, Trump said that they, he was getting interviewed by Fox News and she was like, didn't link, or he was like, I've done more for black people than any president in the history. <laughs> and she was like, well, what about Lincoln? And he was like, well, Lincoln, we're going to take a pass on him because he did some good things, but that's debatable. <laughs> he literally said... <laughs> So he's essentially saying, I know he didn't say it literally, but yeah. he's essentially saying that freeing the slaves was a questionable move. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's like you just, could have ended the Civil War without freeing them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it is. I That's, mean, well, and I think kind of his aim was like that was a bad money deal. Freeing the slaves was a bad money deal. Yeah, yeah. You could have gotten more out of it. You could have made them employees somewhere. Well, I mean, it, it's just, <laughs> you know, this is the mentality you're dealing with. I mean, it's. It, it, he's, I mean, it's, and he, it's going to be, boy, September and October, they're going to really suck. They're going to really suck because a lot of the economic things that are going on, people getting lower, they're going to have less unemployment. I think the financial strains going to be hitting a lot at that time. Uh, you know, I think there's the protests will still be around. I think people are going to. Oh, get, those aren't ending. And yeah, that's going to be a big, yeah. ele- and, and, it's going to be one thing when election time comes around, he's going to be like Putin, dude. He's going to be tear gassing people. Uh, and and I, there's going to be some, there's going to be some shootings. I, I think. Yeah, I saw this right wing fucking jackass. I, I got a. Ooh, there we go. I, I got a, a a text from a, the revolution. A, an article from my uh, from my a buddy of mine saying, "There's this guy who's like, you know, he has some podcast, right wing podcast guy, just saying all it takes is one tweet. Just takes one tweet, and we'll get off our couch and get our guns, and we'll stop this in an hour. We'll stop it in an hour. And you know, there's enough people that think that way. You know, so and do you think he's capable of doing that? I think he's capable of sending a tweet out like that, absolutely, and just inciting that. I still know? think there's people that fucking vet his Twitter. Uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, it's <laughs> I don't know, man. I really don't. I I think that he yeah. at two thirty in the morning, he's like tweeting and I got to get quicker know? though. Anytime there's a bang, I got to hit. He's back on! <laughs> That's one of my favorite lines from Dumb and Dumber at the end. <laughs> it is a good movie when he's Dumb meeting and the boyfriend. <laughs> Die! <laughs> he just shoots him. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, man. So that that is whatever. What's going on? It, it's just beginning, and, and I have concern about you know what's how it's going to unfold. It's just you know it, it hasn't affected my work yet. It really hasn't. But it has the potential to do that. It has the potential to do that. Is he getting stuck up by someone here? Uh, uh, well, Ice Cube okay. Is? So here's the scene. We'll drop a little bit of soft in the background. Yeah. Uh, they uh, Craig went to the store. The whole reason Craig is there is to tell. Mike Epps that they owe like three grand or they're going to lose their house. Yeah. So they're all getting blazed up in the back of the room because he needs it. He's had a rough day. Yeah. So in the meantime, the boss came back, Pinky, who owns the record store, and he thinks Ice Cube is robbing the place. So now they're like tussling for like the gun. He pulled a gun out on him. Yeah. Says the N-word a lot in this scene. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Uh, And Craig got the reputation because Craig beat Debo's ass. Oh, 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 oh! So he's so he, he can he can run those things. Yeah, yeah, he knows it. Yeah, he he's, he can deal with stuff like that, man. Yeah, it's just that white kid Roach in this movie. Yeah, hung himself, he killed himself, killed him like two years after this movie. Oh, uh, he was in the movie Kids. He was a pro skater. Oh, he was in Kids. A, he's the girl who rapes Zoe Chloe Savini at the end of Kids. Oh, he's he's he's, he's Casper. Casper. That's Casper. Yeah, that's Casper. Yep. Holy shit! Chloe Savini has a 
Harry Bush in that movie. Wow. But it's the early 90s. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I saw it in the theater in 95. That's Casper. He killed himself. What, 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 what was the story? Was he? I know he was a junkie. Yeah, I think, I think he was time. just a junkie and he was acting. A fuck up. I think yeah. by this time he wanted to be like starring in movies because he was a very good actor. Yeah. Uh, but he was just doing bullshit like this. He played white black guy yeah. in all the movies. Yep. Yeah. And I just think he got tired of it and hung himself. <sighs> Man. Yeah. I, I know that that whole that, that movie, Kids, to me, was a very like. I remember being like, you know, this was not the way I grew up, and it was fair. But I remember thinking there were a lot of kids like that, like in Chicago and in New York, and and how I was just like in a weird way. I kind of wish I lived that way. <laughs> well, except I had for a certain all the jealous, AIDS yeah. and raping. Yeah, yeah, the AIDS thing was definitely big there, man. I mean, that that, that was a big thing. Well, Gus Van Sant directed that, but I think you know? it does show about like the two sidedness of like, hey, mom, we're going out to hang out, and then. You go and just make out with each other and do drugs. Yeah. Like yeah. that's what kids do. Yeah. Like no. whatever degree of it, whether it's shoot heroin and have yep. unprotected sex or smoke weed and fucking finger bang. Yeah. It's happening. Yeah. Like whatever they tell you they're doing, it's the rated G version of what yeah. they're actually going out yeah. to do. Yeah. And, and parents probably know that. And I think it freaks them out. They don't know how to deal with it. <laughs> Some don't. Yeah. yeah. I was too fucking square, man. I was just too fucking square. As a youth, you know, I just was not, you know, I was not, you know, whatever. That's, well, that's an issue. What your rated R version is. Like when I would tell my grandma, like, hey, I'm going to my, to Wesley's. Yeah. Uh, what, like I'm going, like I would be like, this is what we're going to do. But we would go like throw dog shit on people's porches. Yeah. Like we were making very light mischief. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Stealing phone books. Going to, we would go fucking play football in fields that we weren't allowed to be in and shit. Like yeah. Yeah. Kick the can. Like, but that's still, yeah, exactly. but that's still lying to your parents. Oh, absolutely. Like we weren't like, Hey, I'm going to go to Wesley's. We're going to go trespass on private property. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> no. And that's also what kids do. It's what bored kids do. I did the same fucking thing. You'd go out and like, you know, do something else, you know, yeah, I uh, I thought about that today. I didn't start to drink consistently until I was 17 years old. First time I ever got drunk, I was 15. That's also the first time I ever got to third base. <laughs> Here you go. Amanda Rip. You know, but, but no, no, no. It was a Gwen Hennig. Oh, yeah. My finger bang anniversary. But then I uh, I didn't, I didn't, I was very straight laced after that. My friends were very square. They were very square kids. Talking or about my, finger banging. My, 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 my first set of friends. That's right, and this is how we do it. <laughs> this is how we. But I, uh, yeah, that that was an amazing moment. Uh, but I didn't drink again. Like I remember, I got drunk like a year after that. And then like I didn't start to drink at any consistent level till I was seventeen. And that was like a real. Like, I changed my friends in high school. That was a big moment of like maturation for me. I was like, I can't be around these squares, man. Just can't be around them, you know. And they were like athletes and stuff. But I just didn't like them. I think they hear that beat cool that someone's fire alarm because these fire alarms are so sensitive in here that yeah. happens every time you just cook. Yeah. That happens. Yep. You exactly. hear that every day. Look at his titties, dude. <laughs> Damn, daddy, I didn't know you had titties. <laughs> He's doing some weird kinky. Yeah, listen, he got a ball gag in his mouth. They're about to lose his house and he's mad he got fired like a black father would. So he's like trying to like, he's just enacting all of his sexual fantasies and shit. Yeah. Because he has Well, money. because the mom... The actual mom had a heart attack when they found out they won the lottery. It's a oh. joke early on in the movie. They show a picture because uh, this family is not in the first one. These are characters they introduce. Yeah, yeah. And so they had to establish like, you know, mom died when we hit the lottery. 
and they show a picture of her like ah, like Fred Sanforting when they have their big check in front of them. <laughs> How much did they win? A million dollars. But they don't. But then he ends up explaining like after dad's credit and doing all this, like he's like we didn't. It's three hundred eighty six. Yeah, exactly. Well, he just said like we ended up with this house and my car. Yeah, like that's all we ended up with basically. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, no, it's uh, a million bucks ain't what it used to be. Keith. No, and this is no. the year two thousand. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Which is still there's no inflation rate. It's still a million bucks today, right? <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, no, a no. million in two thousand. How much has it gone up? No, no. A, a million now would be worth like I don't know, probably seven hundred thousand dollars now. Oh, so it's gone down. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So having a million in the year two thousand. I'm sorry. No, having a million there would it be like having like a one and a half now. Yeah, one and a half now. Probably, yeah, probably maybe a little bit more. But yeah, in terms of yeah, time, yeah, yeah. No, it. it um, Anyway, yeah. So I mean, it's you know making cash. I'm hoping my script. I I, I want to. I think it's good advice, though, Keith. I appreciate that. I do. Yeah. I do want a respected set of black eyes to look at it. You know what I mean? Like a like a experienced, smart, like to go through that because that's going to be some. That's going to be a hard sell, I think, for my writing partner. We are a couple of white guys. Well, now, and you almost like I'm saying we're pretty goddamn woke. And you and you also need someone like when you go in to pitch this. You also you almost need like the Key and Peel sketch. Like yeah, you need someone who could like be the like like they wrote it but i'm helping them with it well so, yeah like, you mean, can trust that i'm gonna i'm gonna make sure they make this show diverse and it's yeah, not just yeah. it's not like just two white guys trying to be woke it's, yeah you know it, it is yeah, the, the the yeah the show is because um, that's one thing people are going to say when you bring this to whoever they're yeah. going to be like well who who do you have any people of color working absolutely. on the show with you absolutely Oh, oh, working on the show. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly. And in, that in means the like executive, like show running, producers, directors. Like, yeah. like, have you run this? Like, it's going to look bad if you just go to this. Be like, two white guys wrote this. It's killer. Like, we're, we're going to redefine race in yeah. America. <laughs> like, you need, you almost need a black guy to do that. For yeah, you. yeah, this, to actually be the sales. Yeah, no, I know. I know. No, I mean, that. that's not a, that is not bad advice. But the first thing. It's got to get to be the best script it can possibly. Well, be. yeah, you have to give a good yeah. script to this black. Yeah, it, it, it's got to be good. So it's and it's still not there. Uh, doing the reading tomorrow, and then we're going to try to do a table read. I think after this level of, uh, we're going to do a bunch of edits. I'll do a bunch of edits after this read tomorrow. I guarantee it. Just of, and to me, it's like kind of taking stuff out and this and getting to the most economical script possible. Yeah, you know, because what you could f- fall victim to is they'll be like yeah we love this and then they'll buy it from you and then just be like oh no we're gonna get black people to make this yeah like yeah. they could literally just take it from you and just be like oh you're not making this yeah like, we're not letting yeah. two white people make a show about black people yeah like, are you yeah. nuts <laughs> yeah. about race you yeah but well because you see p- part of the uh part of the uh, pitch i have for part of the purpose behind it is to have a discussion on the role of uh, white people in this whole thing because there has to be some soul searching and some you i'm gonna know, play devil's advocate here in the yeah. oh so you you think white lives matter adam no <laughs> <laughs> all lives is matter. this gonna be an all lives matter show <laughs> no what it's gonna be is discussing the dilemma of race through the lens of the housing market and how that's one of the con- one of the pillars in the racist systemic racism that's part that's out there where you live how you're being funneled into those areas, how those areas are kept well, that way. And it would almost be a good idea to like, not to where it's laid on thick, but you should almost have every white character be flawed in this show. Oh, well, like it's, everyone you know, at the end, by the end of it, you're like, oh, all these people are racist. Well, it's not, it's not that it, it's, we're going to, uh, I mean, there's definitely flawed characters. No doubt about that, you know, but there's, there, there's also, 
there's a bit of an office sort of political thing of how does this organization fit into trying to combat in theory that you know this issue you know and deal with this issue you know and just how our board was very much you know it was a lot of people from the real estate industry and you have a board with people from the real estate industry that they want to do that because they want to know what you're up to you know, are you going to try to do systemic testing and actually bust Remax for steering people into these neighborhoods? Ooh, my uncle worked for him. You know, or, for them. You know, and, and it's like they did not want that to happen. Remax so is done, right? I I don't I don't know who the big real probably Century Twenty One is probably still around. Remax is still around. Caldwell Banker. No, it's uh, what does my uncle work so, for? He changed from Remax. But the point is, you know, uh, so we want to talk about. Um, Again, the the inner workings of the organization and how it was trying to sort of deal with this and how it dealt with problems and issues and it's kind of how we were just basically creating lawsuits. That's what we did. We hit them in the pocketbook. That was our way of, of of fighting back, you know. And then doing a lot of press releases with that, just to let people know that we're out there. You got to behave, all right, realtors, all right, realist people selling real estate. And by hitting right them in the pocketbook, Crocious means they went and they physically abused Jewish people. <laughs> no, we we uh, we we sued people and sued landlords and sued realtors. They nipped it in the tuchus, you know. So we, uh, you know, and, and we'd have. Small scale settlements, but also some very large scale settlements. I mean, we we had a lot of interesting cases that we had to deal with that I think helps deal with the how dynamic the issue of housing discrimination is. It's not just what I dealt with, which was like, oh, you show up and you're black and I'm not going to rent to you. And now this white guy shows up and he gets it. It, it was also about like a, a redlining of like um, uh, of uh, like TIF districts. That there was a place in Addison, Illinois, they wanted to uh, basically just get know too, your hand is covering your head uh, when you do this. Oh, okay, okay. It, it uh, thank you, but but it um um uh, they would uh with, with steering th- with steering. God, I'm fucking hungry. I'm losing my train of we can take a break. Yeah, we should take a break. But no, but but with the with the race thing, um, you know, we also had cases where we. You know, sued large scale realtors, you know, or, or dealt with other issues of like, you know, I told you that family we had in uh, in uh, in uh, in Berwyn. There was a Jamaican family that moved into Berwyn, and the first day they were there, they got the first day they lived there, they got a plate glass window thrown through their, or plate gla- a, a brick thrown through a plate glass w- glass window that had a note attached to it that said "Go home, niggers." So they, they reached out to us. We reached out to the police. That we say the police, we said to the police, "You got to give them protection." And they're like, okay, we'll do that. You know, and like, okay, good. We've dealt with that, you know, and we'll investigate this further to see if there's any criminal action we can do. Uh, and then we get a call on Friday afternoon and the police are like, oh yeah, no, we don't have to give them police protection. Things are fine. And that night their porch got burnt down. So the house got set on fire, you know, and, and then we didn't, we sued the police department for taking, you know, not doing their duty. Like you took, you know, and they didn't give a reason. They just said, we're going to do this. It was like four thirty on a Friday. We're like scrambling. What the? What, what do we do? You know. So then that night, boom, it happened because obviously they're connected with the bigots in town. And Berwyn has a long racist history. They're connected with the bigots, big you political know? family in yeah, Chicago. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> the uh, and so and through investigating the police, John J. Bigot, Patrick Bigot, they're all good. They're good guys. You know. But we uh, we sued the police department for not providing protection. And as part of the discovery process, we got to go behind the desk. You know where the cops all work and they had an open air shrine to hitler they had a swastika flag and a picture of hitler behind glass with a candle like a vigil they were having you know the bigots are actually related to hitler you know (laughs) so we we sued them and and needless to say 
we we won that, you know, for having hate speech, and we sued him for like 150 grand, See, which is a, a decent amount of money. This could be a storyline. That's like a storyline well, for the first that, season. That, that's the second. That's the second episode. Is that episode? That's what actually sparked this. The, the first episode is just doing a test and establishing what the organization is. Second episode is that incident. Now that wasn't a that was not housing of them trying to rent a place or buy a place, but it's also them being safe in their domain. You know, uh, it ended with us doing a big uh, fundraiser and a band play at Fitzgerald and raised a bunch of money for them for their legal fees. Ooh, a band paying for damn. It was like some reggae band or something. You know, oh, there so, you go. So we, we but, but we ended up raising a bunch of money. To like, help, oh, we had you know, Big Daddy Kane come in just all these know. black. <laughs> yeah, I mean, whatever. This was sort of the, some of the you stuff know, we did. Did a minstrel show. <laughs> Al Jolson. You know, we we conjured the spirit of Al. Mammy. You know, we, we we were being sensitive. Played Gone with the Wind. But, but oh, yeah, Gone. Oh my lord. They took that off uh, Disney or whatever services it was on. They God. removed it, and then also Cops got canceled. And uh, live PD, but cops is on WGN America right now, so I think they're kind of getting their juice in the fucking yeah. the lemon while it's still. We're there. gonna just get another nickel because PC culture is trying to cancel us. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, let's take a break. Yeah, let's take a break. We'll right. be back. like what a hippie calls her menstrual blood <laughs> my, my main tea. my my moon tea <laughs> it is so we're back for the second Here, we're half gonna, i i you know we're gonna bring it back with this drop oh that's out of the ground that's gone this is a it's home run in a cricket my car. it is i'm gonna get hit my car <laughs> by a car don't believe it Ah, the downside of getting a pack so close. (laughs) Oh, no. Fun fact, because I've watched the video of this. Yeah. This dude, it's it's called a six, a cricket six. It's like when you hit it out of the park. Yeah, yeah. It crushes this dude's windshield. Yeah. Because like they park right by the stadium and it goes right through. And he's just like, oh, I think that's my cat. (laughs) It is my cat. (laughs) It's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, cricket. They def- when, when I was in uh, England, that would be on TV, like a, like a sports. Like, you know, you go to a, a sports bar in England, you know, or in London. They had a lot of cricket games on. Yeah, you know, watch darts. Him, watch people him watching re- darts. Listen to him realize it is his car because I think he's just joking yeah. at first. Did you pay insurance? No, it's a rental. It's a rental. <laughs> Believe it. I think it's mine. Yeah. <laughs> That, that was always a good baseball gag, yeah, a good baseball movie. Not the first one was funny. Always had a good, like, you know, the the baseball through the windshield. That was, of course, in the Bad News Bears. Dude, you know? have you ever seen fucking, uh, what's that fucking, uh, oh, about the little fucking goofy kid, uh, Simon Birch? Have you ever seen the movie Simon Birch? Oh, I haven't. No, no. So I've, it's I, about a little weird deformed kid, little tiny dwarf kid. <laughs> And he's just like a little outcast. Yeah. And there's a scene in the movie. So he be- befriends the ki- the boy from Jurassic Park, Joseph Mazzello. Oh, yeah. yeah he plays yeah. like the kid that befriends little Simon Birch. Okay. Okay. And he becomes close with the family. And Simon Birch plays on the Little League team and they torture him because he's a little fucking weird. Yeah. Fucking yeah. Yeah. Wiggly kid. He's, he's Eddie Goodell. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's, he's a dwarf or whatever. And uh, <laughs> and he fucking finally hits a home run in the in the game yeah and the ball hits joseph mazzello's mom in the head and she fucking dies <laughs> that's how 
It's in, it happens in the middle of the movie. Oh, uh, that's the or turning towards, point? That's page yeah. 60? That's page and 60 then, of the and, But there's a scene where he's... <laughs> he's fucking... A Joseph Mazzello, like they're confronting each other, and he just goes, I'm sorry! <laughs> I'm sorry! <laughs> and that made me think of that. <laughs> Whatever you just said made me think of that. I'm sorry. <laughs> of the death, of like the, of like the, the turning point when it was like the sports fucking... Instead of hitting the car, <laughs> he hit a fucking lady. Yeah, and killed her. Yeah, yeah. That's the, my mom. <laughs> what a bizarre, preposterous idea. That's though. my mom. You know, well, did, did he end up? I mean, how did how did that happen? Did they like it that he hit a home run, and then how did it end up? Oh no! It immediately it's okay. spoiler alert for me. I, it I immediately I'm not like see it. it's like a big turning point. It's just like it's it's to illustrate like he finally achieved his goal, but it's like bittersweet because the the end result was that it kills the only lady that was kind to him yeah yeah was like his surrogate mother no. and then joseph mazzello is not happy because i think that happens to certain people who like who become entertainers and are famous actors they sort of they build it up into something if they weren't raised in that environment you know and, and they sort of achieve that they're able to get to that point a little bit of friday going you know uh, well, your acting changed at all. and they Back realize the they realize that when they get to that point of the sort of level of fame it's just like Oh, so this is it? Like, like they think it's going to be this amazing threshold and breakthrough, you know. And I'm sure it's an amazing life in a lot of ways, but it also presents a whole other range of problems and issues that you never even thought you were going to have to deal with, you know. So, uh, I think, and anyway, I think about that with, uh, in terms of, you know, if you're a performer and you become famous, you finally break through. I think it does. It, yeah, there's certain satisfaction. I'm sure there's a satisfaction with it. Hey, you're, it's a goal. You did it. You accomplished it, and that's got to be a good feeling. But you got to continue it, and also I think for a lot of people it's anticlimactic. I don't I don't think it's as great as they think it's going to be, and they're presented with problems that they didn't know how to deal with, the trappings of fame, you know. So uh, and, and they become a non-human. <laughs> they become less, you know. They're sort of out of touch now. They're so detached. We got Caddyshack here. This movie's good, but it doesn't it doesn't hold up. Like it's clear, it's very much an '80s oh. problematic movie. Oh yeah, yeah, I mean, this was a late '70s, early '80s. I mean, this is I saw this in the theater. I loved it. This movie, I guess they. I mean, that guy's dressed like an Italian pimp exactly. on a golf course. <laughs> well, it's also just got those scenes where, like, because I love Harold Ramis, but it's just like the best relationship in the movie is is him just being like hey let's go up in the room and fuck and then i'm gonna go cheat on you <laughs> well yeah the uh i mean there, there there were themes being dealt with here in the late 70s early 80s you know i swear to god it, it was like the sexual revolution was sort of still kind of a thing that i was think going there's on. like teenagers that just like pop their tits out at the pool in this movie oh yeah yeah i mean there's there's, there's some boob shots and stuff lacey underall definitely shows her tits but i even think there's like a girl, like a twelve-year-old yeah. girl, who fucking drops her bikini down. She smokes a cigarette or something no, like that. No, that, 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 that isn't the case. No, no. That, Who's that, the girl that, that smokes though? Because you think she's a little boy, and then she pops her hat off, and a yeah. ponytail falls. Yeah, down, yeah. Well, and you're yeah, like, the, oh, yeah. Because then she, because then she takes her shirt off, and she has like a bikini on. Yeah, bikini. But she's like also prepubescent. She's like yeah. twelve. She's, she's like not, smoking a cig. And yeah, shit. yeah. She's not sixteen. Doing but you're, that. but definitely like now they wouldn't have a twelve-year-old in a two-piece no, bikini. No, no. Like no, that wouldn't be a thing of like, oh, you thought this was a boy. Well, here's a sequence. I mean, they, they, they talk about, uh, you know, abortion. And oh, he's peeping at Tommy. Yeah. He's, yep. He's, he's looking. They're about to bang. Yep. She's yeah. pale as, as the snow. Well, she's Irish. And then if you- That's something she noticed. I was watching this with her. Yeah. And she was like, why is she Irish? And I'm just like, you know, they don't explain that. Yeah. It just is, you know. <laughs> well, I, I know like uh, 
the behind the scenes on this is great. It's a totally good like VH1 behind the scenes. The script is like 300 pages. And, and I guess they filmed it. It was like a four and a half hour movie. Yeah. Well, because they you do the just, math, a page is a minute of the movie. Yeah. yeah. So if it's 350 pages, that's yeah. how many minutes it <laughs> it's, is. It's hu- I know. It's huge. So it's uh, – he <laughs> – Also, Bill Murray didn't have lines. Because they knew yeah. he was so good at improvising. Here it is. Here's Here it the is. scene. Yep. Here's the scene. She doesn't smoke a cigarette, though. No. But she does smoke later. I think they cut to her later, and she's smoking a cigarette. But it's also like uh, it's a lot of teen fucking was going on in this. You know, definitely a lot of teen sex. I mean, I saw this in the theater when I was 11 years old. I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. I still think it's a funny movie. Yeah. It's just not. It's uh, definitely. You know who's funny in this? Ted fucking Knight is funny in this. Yeah, he's, he's actually great. good. He plays a totally. You'll good, get nothing and love it. I know, and, and like his whole "Ah, what a frost guy." His, his whole like persona is great. He's that's what they. That's how they show her badassness. She fucking the girl who you thought was a boy, and they popped her. She they show her in the bikini. She gets on the high dive, and they go, "That's clothes." And she goes, "Shove it up your ass." Yeah, yeah. and then she jumps in, and then, and then here's like, "Hey, mama, we're <laughs> wearing his fucking." <laughs> this guy was in. Uh, he was in Porky's. He was in Porky's. He was the Jewish guy in Porky's. I guess Those sunglasses were so like... Stand up. I'm an early 80s stud. He's in a fucking full-on Speedo. And this is is a moment, man. This one, Lacey Lacey Underall is so hot that it quelled the fucking fiery passion of two men. And and also, everyone stopped playing around in in the pool. That was a big 80s thing, too. The eye line follow. Like when a hot girl walks in, yeah, of like yeah. every guy in the room, you see their eyes yeah, trace yeah. her. That <laughs> well, was, that was also This like, was the contact tracing of its time. Yeah, before. It, <laughs> they would also, in the, like in the late, all the beer ads in the late 80s had that big time, too. Like doing elevator eyes on a woman. I'm looking at her. Also, ass. because she's sexy, she can do full on Olympic. Dives. dives she's also like athletic or something. everyone else was just belly flopping but she comes in with her tight puss well because she's, she's also she's supposed to be a more sophisticated woman she's at, she's in california well, yeah she does acid and goes to bullfights as she specifies early in the movie <laughs> lines like that are why it doesn't hold up yeah when they're just like oh lacy why didn't you like the city of just like oh yeah i got tired of being bored all the time like yeah. i guess that's a good joke but yeah. it's just so ham-handed yeah yeah Interesting. Now they got this scene. This is very alty, though. I like this scene. This is very like Mr. Show prequel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, We're like, oh, in the middle of it, they're just going to do a synchronized swim. Yeah, a a goof of this. This is proof that Harold Ramis had full control because there's no reason for this scene to be in it. Yeah. This is easily something you can cut out of this movie. Yeah, absolutely. But it's still funny. Yeah. Then they push him in. They, you know, he's the authority figure. Hey, we got him in there. there were still, homo. Boomers, boomers were still young here. I mean, this is the classic gag. <laughs> oh, she throws the candy bar yeah, in. Yeah. That's her role oh, in this. Oh, God. Uh, this movie was filmed in Florida, I guess, as you can imagine, behind the scenes. Uh, a lot of partying going uh, on in this look movie. At, look what AMC's doing the day after tomorrow is on tonight. Yeah, there you go. There we go. <laughs> This is this Barbara Bush looking bitch or yeah, fucking yeah. Nancy Reagan. Yeah, I know. It's I feel a- like that she was supposed to be Na- like we need a Nancy Reagan type character. R- Reagan still had not been elected yet. This Carter was still present with. Have case. we done Caddyshack on the show yet? This no, we is never new. have. Yeah, this, this is, is a new a good- thing. Yeah, this is good because I, I like to hear your perspective on it. Because I definitely look. I at personally it as, love this movie. Because, uh, but but in terms of how it's dated, because I, I, I don't dismiss what you're saying about oh, it yeah. being dated in certain ways. Uh, you know, and that's going to happen. Even the idea of a caddy. People don't know like pro golfers have caddies. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, although if you go to a, I mean, if you go to a, a high end, well, if you're a member of a club, you uh, can you can have, you can have a, a caddy. caddy absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. I know some the couple kids I worked at the video store with in the suburbs were caddies. Oh, and they made you great. Make, money. You make good money. You get good well, tips, especially if you know the game and yeah. like you actually have tips that can make their score better. They'll yeah. tip you off the fucking chain. Absolutely. Oh no! If you're a caddy in one of those. Uh, your North Shore uh, clubs up there yeah. in Chicago. I'm sure there's a bunch out here too. Uh, you can make a decent amount. Also, of money. a lot of it is like, like how they do in this. Like, oh, like oh, I didn't, I don't see the ball, but you kick it forward for him a little bit. Well, and stuff I think like that. that. Another thing is that it, you know the fact is golf is is where business deals get cut. That's here's the part talk I business. never got. Here's you want something. You know this scene where like oh. they think it's poo. <laughs> they think it's poo, so they clean the pool. <laughs> Even as a kid, when I saw this, it's clearly a candy bar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they should have gotten something that looks a little more like shit. Yeah. <laughs> Although a candy bar has the integrity, you know. I mean, none of my shits are over that firm. <laughs> so. Well, by the time they drained that pool, it would have drained with the water. Yeah, and it would have it de- it would deflated have, away. And stuff. now we're getting yeah. into oh. the integrity of an actual turd, which I can probably Oof. put my hand forth. I can't be honest about race because I haven't dealt with it. Yeah, but I know about the ins and outs <laughs> of a turd. <laughs> Yes, it's a great thing to. Uh, this is for the women who are listening. Around. We've all had <laughs> shit on our hands. <laughs> you know, got to clean it off. And and you know? you're lying if you didn't. Yeah, smell it for a little bit. Oh yeah, and be like, what is that? And then you're like, okay, that's poo. I'm gonna puke. We have to wash your hands afterwards. Absolutely, you always wash your hands. That was you know? one thing when taking care of my grandpa that I never had to do. That I thought is. One time I had to help him off the toilet because towards the end of his life, he his lungs were so bad that like going to the bathroom would take his breath away. And oh. one time he was all fucked up and I had to like lift him off the toilet. Yeah. But like he had a nurse that would come and like wipe his ass. But I was I was like, I love him, but I don't know if I'd be able to fuck with like old old adult person shit. Man, my oh. my my, uh, my buddy Rob, who I talked with today, and it was a good conversation today because I spoke with him two weeks ago and it was like. He's in rough shape right now. Like he was, he was, he was drinking heavily, and he was really fucking up his speech and losing his train of thought. And like, and his mom was just diagnosed with stomach cancer, so he had to basically be the primary caretaker of her for. And he's been the primary kind of caretaker with her, his routine for like years. And she's eighty nine. She got stomach cancer. You know, her, her bowels have just you know given out. You know, so he had to like wipe her ass a bunch. You know, and he's just like. You know that, and I'm like, you're a bigger man than me, man. That you're capable of doing that because I would have a very hard time doing that. I would, you know, even though that's to me is like that's truly like an act of love. It really is an act of love because it's like this is truly someone at the end of their life and trying to preserve some level of dignity. So, but he, it really was stressful for him and what's going on in the world. So, but his sister moved back and is helping out with that. But he's going to be the primary caretaker basically until she she's going to probably be dead. A little bit of money in there. Is there a little bit of money in there? Well, no. I mean, it's it's his mom. Because that is the plot to Slums of Beverly Hills, which I watched again with her recently. Have you ever seen that movie? You know, I never have. Alan Arkin, Natasha Lyonne, David Krumholtz. Yeah. Got a decent cast. It's a great. Yeah. So it's about this family who fucking they're poor, but they want to live in Beverly Hills. So they're like getting apartments and then like leaving in the middle of the night, taking it. They're just trying to like slum their way through Beverly Hills. Yeah. Yeah. God. Interesting. It's kind of a funny idea. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, well, again, I, this movie, like that movie, this I, I will say that about Caddyshack. The undertone of this is a lot of it is about class, obviously. There's a class discussion going on, you know, about wealthy people and hoity-toityness and the kind of culture of that and, and exposing that for being ridiculous and uptight and have a stick Dude, up your see ass. That, do you see Kelly Howard? 
on this Humera commercial. Oh, she is? Yeah, that's her. Wow. Look at that. Chicago Comics making that Humera money. They show Joe Fernandez's a lot. Now Kelly Howard's is taking front and center. Wow. Well, you wow. know, she's... Fr- I know her act fucking front and back, dude. She's so funny, but she closes with selling merch. That's always oh, what yeah. she was. Oh, yeah. She's yeah. Like, come I mean, on, she's, Kel, Come on. Yeah, no, yeah. She, she's a merch. I mean, but you know, she's pushing herself. It got her a Humera commercial. You know, exactly. You know, got her a national, but so what? Look <laughs> at me out here trying to be a star, and there's comics out there making that Humera money. Yeah. But it's, you know. It's good money. I know. I'm they, sure it's good. They get excited. Well, she's probably getting residuals out the fucking dong. I, I wonder if it's union or not, though. You know? There's yeah well it's they all have agents they work for that same there's one agency is it Big out Mouth? there no it's fucking oh what the fuck is it called God I'm, I, I was such a bad actor I could never get an agent out there I was uh, just not an actor I think it's the same one that does all the Chicago fan. Fire and Chicago PD shows Oh yeah it's got to be it's got to be I'm sure that because it's an acting agent it's yeah. like an acting agent so Ron Irvin with them it's the one everyone <laughs> signs to it. all the stand up comics in Chicago anytime Ooh, they post like oh I got signed today like yeah but they're not going to get you any stand up gigs yeah yeah like that's yeah. dope it, yeah. it, it, it that's probably why you don't have to like the people who have those gigs like <clears throat> that's why they haven't moved to New York or L A yeah yeah because they're paying their rent being yeah. fired brown fired fighter on chicago fire oh yeah absolutely like abby sanchez and joe kilgallen like absolutely they do one scene and that's their money for the year but well i know monty monty made a living there doing commercials i mean he was on that show uh, uh early edition you know so a lot, i knew a lot of chicago actors at that time who were able to you know make a buck doing that see but that's know? where i kind of missed is and where i probably should have started earlier if i wanted representation all those agencies are only going after people of color which is fine yeah but I definitely missed the we're signing any white guy thing. I, 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 I've never. I think you have to be pretty good. <laughs> yeah, if they're gonna do that, you got to be fucking really good. You know, so that's why I'm going the indie route. My best bet is yeah. to just develop a fan base. Yeah, develop like, your own thing. And, and no that's major people, agency is going to touch me unless yeah. I'm already coming to them with yeah. something that, like, hey, I have this following. Yeah, yeah, because they're not. It's just not. Unless you know someone who works at fucking Gersh or yeah, someone yeah. like, you know, the receptionist who can yeah. put in a absolute squeaky clean, delete your Twitter word for you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah no, I tell Scrub you, man. Scrub your Twitter before I fucking tell them <laughs> you're, you're good to go type of fucking shit. Yeah. I wonder about that with my, my, my I have a lot of political tweets with my, I think my tweets. so long. You know, I, I you know, I, I've I, been I, tweeting I, since 2009 yeah. or 2011. Yeah. I like when you come up with a funny line and get a couple laughs. You know, it makes you feel like, it, to me, it, it, the it keeps one, the funny bone a little The exercised. one I always think about, <clears throat> which I wouldn't even know where to find it, but one time, and this was me trying to almost be woke, where I said yeah. it was right when the like PC thing started, like five yeah. years ago. Yeah. And I remember well, tweeting. It's been around since the rem- late 80s. But I'm saying hopefully. again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I remember I tweeted. In these political times, should we be re- should we be calling anything a spade? Because <laughs> you know when they say like, "Oh, a spades a spade," I'm yeah, call yeah, a spade yeah. a spade. So yeah. I was just like, "Oh, should we be calling anything a spade?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I always think like that would probably be one that people would find like, you see, yeah, uh, he's fucking normalizing racial slurs I, again. I go back to just you know. <laughs> It's like I'm saying, don't do it. I, I find the language part of the of the war just to be weak. I just don't. I just don't find it to be the real discussion. Well, like point. I said earlier, that would be the thing. Like, no. 
It's it, I could be an advocate and on your side for years, and then the second you find out that I tweeted the word spade, oh well, you're you're done. Like you, yeah. this one thing happened, so you clearly have been bullshitting us this whole time. Yeah, you're yeah. not a good person. Yeah. Why do you have to? I mean, people are messed up. You know, yeah, that's what it is. I made a bad joke. Sorry. I I mean, it's also I made a bad joke and I thought that burying it with a million other tweets would be the end of it. By the way, it is kind of crazy that they uh, they kept the name Roseanne after kicking Roseanne. It's called the Connors. Was it Connors? Yeah, exactly. They 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 did a few episodes to end the show. Yeah. And then they did like because they canceled it and then they brought it back. It's like the it's a reboot of the reboot. Yeah. Yeah. And it's doing well. It still gets like record number of viewers. Yeah, I believe that. But that's because people were so behind Roseanne losing her job. I bet you there's people who watch it just to like, we're going to support it because they fucking fired Roseanne. Uh, uh, it's like a political move to uh, like the Connors. It, I'm sorry. I just go like back people to watch Like, yes, it's a bad show, but like we support it. it I realize that, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm, like you can still not like it. Yeah. Yeah, you could admit that Roseanne's a virulent racist, but yeah, you can also be like, yeah, but she was the reason that show was funny. You know, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, she's a bad yeah. person, but she was also very good at her job. Yeah. And, and yes, it's good that you fired her, but also admit that that's kind of the end of the show. Yeah, like just because they didn't do anything else, like so what? Working they're cl- nothing without her. Oh, it's not the I same know. show. Yeah, it's not. I know. I know it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's um. Yeah, that whole thing. But yeah, they, they did that for a couple episodes. It's pretty crazy. I, yeah, the whole kind of, again, the cancel culture, we've talked about it here before. And, you know, maybe this is, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I, I have such mixed feelings about it. You, there are certain things you can't say, you shouldn't say. You know, I get it. And the end bomb can't be said, out. of course, you know. But it uh, it, it is, uh, I just don't find it to be the substantive part of the argument. There needs to, it, it, you, you aren't I think that's earning all the, your progressive strikes by canceling I think this George someone. Floyd shit and the protests are kind of ending that. I think, I think yeah, people, good. it yeah. kind of snapped them back to be like, ah, maybe we shouldn't care about what Kevin Hart's tweeting. Uh, yeah, there are actually substantive things yeah. you have to point to as opposed to that. I mean, that just, again, feeds into the, you know, celebrity being a distraction, you know. I, I think there's a lot of performers that wrestle with that, you know, is the idea of, oh, I, I'm I'm not just an actor. I want to be a spokesperson for something. And and I get trying to, like, use your fame to maybe help well, something. more so, I mean, th- th- that's, and this is know? where I'll defend virtue signaling on, like, high levels. I think they're pressured to be that way. I mean, I wonder I or, think or if they, they worry is that it like, real or, is it a real or imagined or something? I think they know? worry that like, well, if I don't say anything, they're going to think I'm against it because it's like the whole when yeah. people were like, if you're being silent right now, you're being silently violent. Yeah. You're just like, dude, calm down. Yeah. You know, here's Rodney, the beginning of his career being, we like him just be having a lot of money. There's always money based like, like uh, themes of Rodney Dangerfield movies. <laughs> You know, I mean, it made back to school. This character was just to make you rich, you know, and have right wing populist ideas, you know, about intellectuals being eggheads and stupid. This is also a racist scene here. The bug eyed scene with the black eye and the bug. Well, they also have have to. Oh, no. I love how they're playing the fucking electric orchestra. (laughs) His little tiny boat. Does yeah, he this, call the, it his little dinghy? This was all filmed in uh, in uh, in Florida. Florida is, I mean, again, the behind the scenes of Caddyshack is great because they just go into like just, 
you know, different. Like, you know, I, I think Chevy Chase and Bill Murray genuinely didn't like each other. Like, oh, that, no, that, they that didn't. That was an issue. And they're you know? seen as the best. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, he just let them kind of go off. But also, I guess they were just partying hardcore on the set. Smoking like that like, grass. But also, I mean, I think, oh, that, right there, that was the racist scene of the black guy. There's just bug eyes. Um, I'm just out here shrimping. I'm just doing my thing. <laughs> so, you know, but, uh, but, but my point is. His boat's called seafood. <laughs> That's another thing too. No, your visuals are fucking coming to life now. You know, like with what? I mean, like because before you would say stuff and you'd be like, for our listeners, like <laughs> you don't have to do that anymore. They can see. They can see me doing it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that whole thing. Ted Knight's good in this. He would kill him. He's Rodney Dangerfield is essentially committing murder. Oh no, he just taps him, right? Yeah, and then and he drops the anchor. He drops the anchor that then goes to. It's the boat christening of the judge. Yeah, and, and he ruins his boat. Hey, you scratch my anchor. You scratch my anchor. That's how the scene goes. You know, too commercial. I mean, uh, uh, I that's, met, now that we're video, I'm going to start timing it to where like we'll do our rants during commercial breaks. I, I also watched uh, during this time. I met Rodney Dangerfield the summer of 1981. How was that? Was he nice? Well, it was just like, it was with a bunch of kids. So that's, hey. it was like an individual. It was a bunch of kids at a basketball camp. Did you camp. go, I respect you, Rodney. I, I was at the University of Maryland basketball camp commercial. We could probably look that up and watch it right now. I'm sure it's out there. Rodney Dangerfield was trying to get season tickets uh, 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 interest for Maryland basketball. So they filmed the commercial. So I got to see and meet Rodney Dangerfield, you know. Yeah, I mean, it was just like him walking. Hey, kids! You know, it was like with a bunch with twenty Rodney other Dangerfield, kids. You know what, I mean? what is it? Maryland basketball camp. Ma- yeah, Ma- Rodney Dangerfield, Maryland basketball, uh, Maryland season tickets. Rodney Dangerfield, Maryland season ticket commercial. Rodney because I was there when they filmed that, and he it took like a million takes. He was just, you know, he was not really much of an actor, you know. So he just it took him a long time. He was just a persona. <laughs> And he, and he refined it well. I mean, this guy, you know. Well, he, he was like on pills probably, right? Oh, uh, I guess there are stories about him in Vegas. Like, you know, before he, like in his 70s, like chasing young 18-year-old girls around. The only you know thing that I mean? comes like, up is Rodney Dangerfield, Bob Nelson, and an entire football team at Dangerfield's Comedy Club. Wow. I think it, I think you might have a gem. Yeah, you can't find that. But you, you Really? Because I, 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 I'm going to look that up and try to find it because I want I want to see that commercial because I remember they were filming it and he makes a joke whatever and it was all about just you know it's for Maryland basketball yeah, University like a of local Maryland commercial ba- yeah yeah it's it's probably, ticketing, it know? probably doesn't exist unless the archives are probably gone and no one the f- chances that someone was recording that commercial and kept it oh oh yeah I mean it has to be the original commercial that's like, why yeah. commer- no, no one was recording it they didn't have that equipment the you're going to have to look into some there. archives I mean yeah that. Uh, but I'm sure the University of Maryland was like, okay, Rodney, we'll give you 15 grand. Okay, I'll do a commercial. I mean, hey, I, I, yeah. You know, and he did me some Vicodin, you know. But that, but that was right after That was right after um, uh, Caddyshack and before Easy Money. Easy Money was definitely – but then his, his high watermark is a back to school. That's, that's where it's truly Rodney and sort of his Rodneyus, you know? Anytime I see home movie footage and commercials, I'm like, it reminds me of fucking John Wayne Gacy footage. <laughs> like, oh, I'm filming myself as a clown. <laughs> yeah. God. Like, that's, that's where that my brain I mean, goes. Man, I tell you what, you know. The, that's a scary clown. The, 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 that's the, the real it. I mean, serial murderers still exist. I feel like. Yeah. Serial murderers have, have been statistically one probably lives in this building, <laughs> but serial murderers like they have to. I mean, but I feel like that they've been usurped by the mass shooter. 
the mass shooter has taken over that. Because I mean, you think about that in the '90s, how many fucking serial murderer movies? When when when, when Silence of the Lambs broke through, it was like everything. There were so many knockoffs made from that genre of movie oh, for dude, ten years. You know? I got a story for you. Yeah, absolutely. So we watched fucking Columbine, a documentary about Columbine. Yeah. First of all, sixth grade, I was I ditched school with my best friend's little brother. And was smoking weed, watching Columbine. When it actually was going, when it what actually happened? was happening. God, that's how old. Uh, I am. And was it ninety nine, two thousand? No, it was ninety nine. When did you graduate from high school? Eight oh seven. No, the year two thousand. You graduated from high school in 2000? No, middle school. When did you graduate from high school? I'm just curious. Oh five. Oh five. Okay, okay. So yeah, you you Class were in junior high school. Yeah. Uh, so we were watching it, and uh, the one thing because you know how they always say like oh i hate that they glorify the killers like why do they give them screen time so this documentary is all from the perspective of the students they don't mention the killings they don't show any footage they literally start it at like this is where i was and i went outside and it's mostly about like their life after the shooting. how did it affect them like what what, i'm gonna tell you 100 percent honest yeah the most boring documentary I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> fucking life. First of all, half the students didn't even see shit. Yeah. They're like, I was sitting at this table and then I went outside and then, like we stood there for four hours. And it was like, that's all that. That's why you're yeah. fucking broken as a person because yeah. you didn't see shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that started out as a good idea. Like, hey, what's the impact of this 20 years then later? I spent the but, whole documentary reading the Wikipedia. Like this Wikipedia page is so much more interesting than this documentary. Yeah. Because they're explaining what the fuck happened. Yeah. 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 No, 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 no. Exactly. Like, yeah, I yeah. get it. It's good if you're coming at it of like, well, I don't care about the shooters, but like most people do. Yeah. Like yeah. to not like they, you almost watch the documentary and you, if you didn't know about Columbine, you almost don't know what they're talking about. You don't know if it was a shooting. Yeah. You, you just know they went to school yeah. and something bad happened. That's they don't yeah. clarify anything beyond that. Yeah. And it's, it's almost frustrating. It where sounds one dimensional. Where you're like, at least say what happened. Yeah. Yeah. And and then I read deeper that like all of these kids were monsters. They've like bullying was a serious issue fucking there? problem at Columbine. Oh, 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 interesting. So I just don't like that they're trying to be like, oh, well, these poor kids, which yes, these poor kids, yeah, but yeah. these poor kids created the fucking problem. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that would have been a more interesting. Marilyn Manson wasn't the problem. Yeah. Because that's yeah. what this whole spawned of like video games and music are causing yeah, this. Yeah. No. People calling those kids faggots and throwing yeah, human repeatedly. feces on them repeatedly yeah, their yeah. whole lives is what caused that shit. Yeah, and I yeah. guarantee you some of those kids that fucking that they made this documentary about were probably awful to those yeah, guys. Yeah. And yeah. you're copping out by not admitting to it. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, it's uh, yeah, the whole guy. I think about that with bullying. God, when I was younger, I mean, I, I, I always... <laughs> I got through relatively unscathed on the bullying tip. I got it somewhat. I got it somewhat, but not Cause, too bad. Because I guarantee you part of why those four people they talk about in that, probably why they had such a hard time is because they know they were responsible for it. Yeah. We, uh, yeah, yeah. So that. acknowledge yeah. that in the documentary. Yeah. Don't just make it seem like you're broken because you were sat at a lunch table and then yeah. fucking you had to get called out to the parking lot. Yeah. More happened than that for you yeah. to have to be in therapy your whole life. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. And again, the idea of the classic cautionary tale, here's the ripple effect of this horrible event, you know, and have them. Yeah. No, it sounds, so, sounds poorly um, executed. So I'm coming at it from a, from doing the research. Yeah. You need to glorify the killer. 
You know, <laughs> you don't don't say it's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. don't fucking just be like, Deny well, these it, people yeah. didn't exist. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. It. Uh, yeah. That was an interesting. That was definitely. I'm for not disclosing identities until way later. Like the day shit yeah. happens, don't be like, there's yeah. fucking this guy, rogue gunman, how they put those grandiose names on it. Yeah. Like, don't do that. But like 20 years later, you can say fucking Dylan Claybold and yeah. Eric Harris. Yeah. Yeah. And you could be like, yeah, they shot up our school. That's interesting. It's not glory. They're both dead. It's but, not glorified. You know, I remember talking to Joe McMahon about this. Although they did start a movement. They, yeah. I was reading the Wikipedia page and they say like what they wanted to do worked. They said they wanted to either kill a lot of people or they wanted to start like a cult. They wanted to be like icons. And it, 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 in the sense of, of what? like school of mass shooting. They wanted they said in their little tapes, they said, we what we're going to do is either going to kill a lot of people or people are going to remember this for the, like we're going to be immortalized for this. Yeah. And yeah. there oh, every manifesto of a mass shooting since has mentioned those two kids in yeah. it. Yeah. God, what a what a weird psychosis in society where that, that actually becomes Dude, a Dude, check this process. out. Here was their original plan. Jesus. Have you ever heard their people original execution? So the whole crux no. of it was they built two bombs. Two they took the tanks that are on propane grills. Yeah. And they made bombs and they put them in duffel bags. And then <sighs> before their lunch started, uh, they put them under a table in the cafeteria, yeah. and then they put one in their car outside. And their original plan was to sit outside and detonate those bombs on a timer. Yeah, and the l- l- cafeteria was be- below the library, and the bomb they rigged was powerful enough to blow up the floor. The floor, yeah. yeah. And they were going to take out their basically if their plan, and then so they were going to do that. And then as people were running out of the school, they were going to pick them off. And then they rigged a second bomb to blow up when the first responders showed up. They wanted to do like an Oklahoma City. They said if it fully went to execution, they would have killed 500 plus people. Well, you know, you see, that is. So then when they realized the bombs didn't detonate, that's when they went into the school. And said, okay. And we're just like, fuck it. We're just going to do it this way. Jesus. How many people got killed again in that? 15. 15? Yeah, I remember talking to McMahon about that. It's interesting. Of your generation, that's a real, like, that, that's, like to, that's like this challenger exploding for me. That you know created what I mean? the idea that, like, you had to get, for the rest of that school year, we had to walk through metal detectors yes. going to school. Like, yep. that really strengthened. Even in high school, every Friday, they brought drug dogs around yep. to, like, search people's lockers. They wouldn't open it, but yeah. they would, if they smelled anything, they would, like, they had yeah. that they would use that as like well the drug dog smelled something so we have to open it yeah yeah some uh security guard told me they usually always every week they found a weapon in school in yeah. someone's locker jesus christ because i went to school with gangbangers jesus christ yeah i you know th- that's something i kind of missed in, of my age group even though i mean it, it just that was a big although there was a big cult when i moved from suburban dc to small town wisconsin fifty thousand person town wisconsin uh, th- so she's was, telling Danny she's pregnant. Yeah, exactly. Right now. Yep. So all the things are coming together things. against him, conspiring against him for for Michael Keith, who's a big a Zen guy now, big uh, TM. Well, yeah. I don't hold you responsible. It's my problem. You can troll me down the stairs if you want, <laughs> Daddy. All these people have dropped out of acting too, man. A lot of these, pretty they did, much. They did like one or two movies and they were just like they didn't like it. Actually, they didn't, they didn't like the. Pro- I guess she was like. One of them we just uh, dropped out of it, but anyway. But the point is uh, that 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 was a threshold with the uh, with the violence thing. I never had that experience, of, but with going from D.C. to Wisconsin and being in the Upper Midwest, like having a gun was actually more more of a thing than suburban uh, Virginia. Even though I'm sure they had it there because it was the South. 
But boy, that was a big difference. And I was like, we didn't have a gun. And people were literally like, you, you don't have a gun in your house? You, you, you don't have a gun. And I was like, no, nah, we, we don't think it's really not that unsafe here. It's Dude, a lot less. It's more safe here I, than where we used to live. I grew up around legit gang members. Yeah. I didn't, they didn't show, I didn't see that any of them with a gun until I was a teenager. Yeah. Even gang members are more responsible gun owners than some people <laughs> where they're like, yeah, I'm a Latin King, but I'm not going to fucking wield a pistol in front of my kid. I'm yeah. a fucking yeah. idiot. A lunatic, you know? wait till he's 18 and then i'm gonna buy him (laughs) and jump him in this gang god man yeah i think about i I just never i had a hunting rifle my my parents it's still out of touch they were with my personality they bought me a hunting rifle for like my 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 first set of friends like we can go hunting together and i I remember just being like you don't i want to hunt a few hunting a few times i just i found it very boring i just didn't like it i didn't enjoy it it's a lot of waiting yeah, you got to wait to share. And it's like- and Hunting feels like you you go and you do it, and then you're like, well, we could just chill somewhere else. Yeah. It's, like, yeah, if, yeah. It, if we're just going to sit in a tree for eight hours, we can just go do this like at McDonald's well, or I mean, something. Well, the reason why it's done is it's it's for guys to get away from their wives for a weekend. Yeah. That's all it is. Go sit in a tree and pound off. But, but also, and just get drunk in a hotel room with like six of their buddies. You know, I mean, that's really what a lot of it's about. That was a big cultural difference. I remember the first hunting weekend when I was in high school in Eau Claire in Wisconsin, the first one when deer hunting season opened in late November, it was like the school's population was cut in half. The girls were going out and hunting. I mean, it was like that ingrained, like the hunting culture was very real there, you know? And so they're susceptible to the gun issue. They are susceptible to owning a gun that's necessary. But it was also one of the safest places I'd ever been, that ever lived. Where, there, there Wisconsin? Was def- yeah, yeah, where it was. There was definitely some some snarky bullying that went on there. No doubt about it. I got bullied the first my first year there being the new kid. Like a city slicker. I, 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 Adam's I got a city kid. Yeah, yeah. I got bullied the first year there. Was there a lot of southern accents where you're like, you're fucking this is the north. Oh no, up there no. it's a lot of almost Canadian. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. Hey oh, there, Adam. Uh how you doing there? When I hear Sarah Palin's voice, it is like nails on a fucking chalkboard oh, yeah. to me. And on it's this innocent voice, but it actually masks a real piece of shit who's an you know I mean like I cannot stand that. You know, there's I four or the, five groids on the street you know, here. You know, what's going on the way where they're going to take your money with the liberals when they come in and tax you. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, her voice, it is, there are so many young women I knew in, in high school talk like who that. talked that way. And it just, it was like grating on me because it was, it just was so ignorant. You know, it was so dumb. And, and so, yeah, that first year, I, I eventually got friends. I, I had a sense of humor. I, that's how I got people to like me. I became the clown, you know? That's how I got people to enjoy. And I remember when I when I did a play in the ninth grade and I completely fucking killed and got huge yeah, laughter. Yeah, I think we've talked about that. This that, before, that was yeah. a oh, that was a threshold. Of, I was sort of like up a couple notches after that. Like I had my place, you know. Raised but my parents instead instead of instead of encouraging me to go on the path of that, they bought a uh, hunting rifle with a scope for me. <laughs> Because I'm going to fit in there. It's just I just didn't. They they just weren't really kind of aware in certain ways, you know. And that's what it is. You know, you don't really know. You're an independent person, but uh, I don't resent them. You know, uh, I used to. Anyone listening right now, if there's a lesson from this, hey, get, get over your resentments towards crocious. your parents and your family. They're watching too. You know, yeah, exactly. Get, get over your resentment towards your parents. Okay, it's uh it's an important thing to do. There and you I'm, go. Am I? Am I because because for a while, for a long time I, I could not do that, but I was able to get to that point, and that was a liberating feeling. You don't resent them; you realize they are flawed human beings. Well, yeah. Also, even though you don't respect it, like 
I think you're seeing with the civil discourse in the world, yeah, you're starting to realize why they were so guarded about some stuff. Because I come from such a open generation of like, yeah. no, you need to communication. We need to break all this shit out in the open. Like I tweeted one time that got a lot of responses. Yeah. Like I used to ask my grandma all the time, like, why don't you talk about politics? Like she used to say, like, I don't tell people who I vote for. Like I keep that all private. And I yeah. used to be like, why that's so dumb. Yeah. And then coming up in my time, I would be like, oh, that's why she didn't tell anybody. Cause you'll literally lose every friend you have if you don't agree politically with yeah. somebody. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, so you should just, you're just better to not discuss it. I yeah. grew up with that was a rule. You don't talk about politics in public. You know, can I tell you how many first dates I've ruined, Keith? Because of that? Because of talking about politics. You don't do it. You can't, and, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's such an important part of my life. It's an important part well, of my now, identity. Well, now if you didn't do it, you would have nothing to say to people. It, it just, uh, and that always bothered me. That always, And I knew that that was a not a good strategy on a first date. A heterosexual white woman in particular. Women of color, it was different. I actually liked that. I could actually relate on that level. Unless you, know? you were like fucking like you show up with the fucking daishiki scarf, like fucking. Well, Chuck yeah, exactly. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. I'm going to be who I am. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm going to be, this is what I, but also having an awareness. Of so it I have all of, of Bob Marley's albums. <laughs> Check it off the list. No, but I, uh, yeah, but the first date thing, I just, you know, I, I, I would talk about politics and a lot of white women do not want to talk about politics. They do not want to well, hear about it. Well, because it either it's, means. It's, it either means you're about to say the N-word or they're going to have to admit that they don't like black people. Well, it, it isn't even it's that. Never it's never one about blacks. I've I never, was, but I've never come to a moment where two liberal people, where someone was like, dude, I was on a date with this girl and then we ended up both talking about how progressive we were. It was <laughs> awful. It's always one opposing thing. Yeah. It, it's like, I mean, I, I think that's also a way of uh, filtering. Uh, it's a filter because the fact is, oh, well, I want to know both sides and, oh, uh, I'm on the fence. and Oh, I can't say this and be that. No, no. I mean, it is. I always knew the Republican Party was this. And so it's truly revealed itself, which is like in, in a weird way. I'm actually it's it's honest. It's more honest. It's gross and it's terrifying in a lot of ways, but I always knew this is what it was, you know, so it's really showing its fangs right now of just greedy, selfish, you know, uh, pawn off stubbornness as strength and also just a good old fashioned dismissive hostility. Fuck. Yeah. I don't want, you know, just very, yeah, 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 or getting into it too. Yeah. Yeah. Adam Brosh has voted for Trump, (laughs) but yeah, I wanted to talk about that stuff because I felt like that was, you know, I mean, and you don't have to agree with everything I say. You do not. You do not. Well, that's why, especially in this last month, there are some podcasts who are like, I'm sorry we talk about all this stuff so much. Like, point of podcasting is you talk about what you did that week. And over the last two months, I haven't had a day job. I've been sitting at home watching. It's been nothing but unrest for the last two months. Like, it would be almost delusional to start this podcast and not talk about some sort of protest or like people are like, oh, we'll talk about something else. Like, what else is there to talk about? Yeah. No, it's, it's, I've done nothing. I will say this about Trump. Oh, weed yesterday. And I did, and I detest Trump. I detest him, obviously. Um, but uh, the best thing he has done, the best thing he has done is he has forced an apolitical culture to actually start, you know, they have to talk about stuff because you have to talk about some real things, the real fissures. You know, they have to be discussed. They have to be brought out. It's not going to be clean. I think this is hilarious seeing that the priest is getting drunk. There is no God. How many drinks he's had already, right? Wrong. You're drinking too much, Your Excellency. 
Excellency Fiddlesticks. My name's Fred. <laughs> and I said, Game of Golf. man, same as you are. You're not a man, you're a bishop, for God's sakes. There is no God. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's one of my favorite lines. <laughs> the priest getting totally drunk and having a crisis. You well, know? for people who don't know, who've never seen this movie, it's all because he had a wild golf game earlier. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it rained and fucking all they his shots. struck by lightning. Well, all his shots were rolling in. Yeah, like yeah. Comically, yeah. like he would yeah. go way off and it would roll back down. Exactly. And that's the scene where it's raining and Bill Murray looks up and, he, and it's downpouring. goes, I don't think the heavy stuff's going to yeah, come exactly. for quite some time. <laughs> it's literally like a hurricane that they're in, you know? I mean, it's, no, this is hilarious, man. And Chase, Chase is definitely, I mean, this, this, I mean, there is comedic talent, no doubt about it. You know, <laughs> danger feels. <laughs> Only reason I'm here is maybe I'll buy it. Buy? Bushwood? Bushwood? <laughs> so I get the light. Oh, shit, yeah. It's okay. Sorry. Gonna... Well, thank What's you, Elise. I don't mean. I feel. I can, I can get up myself and do it, right? He called me a baboon and thinks I'm his wife. I'm calling the police. You're calling the chief of police. I built this condo. Hey, defund the police. I mean, I do like there's certain facts being put out right now. Like, you know, entire city's budgets, 50% is dedicated to the police. You know, it's like, I mean, when, when you hear stuff like that, it's like, obviously, you're not prioritizing your cash well enough, you know? Johnny, we're on. The, why am I on me PJs on the golf course? <laughs> I'm not pregnant. I'm not pregnant. Oh, that's great. This was my first exposure to terms like periods and stuff. I shoved the hanger in me. Shoved the hanger in me cooch ten minutes ago. I hate myself. I'm gonna oh. get that scholarship. That's good, isn't it? No, I've been a creep lately, and I just can't help it. You're not a creep, human. Yes, I am. No, you're not. Yes, I am. All right, well, maybe I. No, you're not. <laughs> You're good deep down. I know you do the right thing. Thank you, Maggie. I demand. Thank you, Maggie. I'm choosing the hot girl. Yeah, Harold Ramis, when he said he directed this, he's like, it's really new. You have the movie you think you're going to film, then you have the movie you film, then you have the movie you end up with. Like he said, basically, it was his film school. Well, how about teams then for 20000 You can have Dr. Frankenputz. I beg your pardon. And I'll take Ty here. Hey, fellas, don't include me. Ty's also, on, the, this is another one of those 80s tropes where, like, he's the greatest golfer in the world. Yeah, exactly. But, he, but he's totally cool and laid back about yeah. it. Yeah. And, and that was always an image you wanted to portray. When I was younger as a teenager, you wanted to kind of be that. And then even, know? like, Hell, I when, still do. <laughs> when Lacey's at his house and he's sexually assaulting a 18-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, She's just like, oh, this is an uncashed check for $70,000. Yeah. Like, not only is he the greatest golfer in the world, but he's a lackadaisical millionaire yeah. who you never really find out what he does. You just know he's got a shitload of money and he's yeah. the greatest golfer in the world. Well, you know, that that is, that's what he, I mean, he came from extreme wealth, Chevy Chase did. Really? Oh, absolutely. Like, uh, old man on the East Coast. He, I think he went to Swarthmore College, which is a very good liberal arts school outside of Philly. And I think he was kicked out, but I think he came from money. Like Julie Louise Dreyfus came from money, you know. Oh yeah, her family's a part of like a shipping empire. Oh, yeah, and, 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 Kroll, like a, and, and a fragrance empire. You know, like Nick the, Kroll's family is extremely rich. Well, you know, it's also you have the luxury to to pursue your dream. You know, to do this. You know what I mean? You have the certain financial freedom and the luxury to do that, knowing that if you quote unquote fail, you can also just do something else. You know? Or nothing. Yeah, yeah, or not a damn exactly. Just pursue it. You know. So uh, anyway. You ready to tail it out? Yeah, but I'm doing well. I mean, this has been good. This has been a fun episode. You yeah. know, 
I, I'm in a better headspace. I t- we got that money for that application that well, I had the nervous breakdown. There's also over. no curfew. Yeah. That was a big part of the last few episodes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the curfew was still on, and, and that's, been, that's been lifted. So, But this stuff is going to, I mean, <laughs> July 4th, July 4th will be an interesting day. If I'm a betting man, uh, I, I got a feeling there's going to be some uh, over-exuberance going on from certain people with guns. Oh, yeah. And I, I think July 4th is going to be a real And then the COVID day. spike from all these fucking people are going to go out for fireworks. And you, know, it's, you know, it's – but the worst is yet to come. The worst will be after that too. Uh, September and October are going to be terrible months. They're going to be really trying months. They're trying to break the social contract, man. There are certain business interests that are trying to break the social contract. They want to get rid of all these freaking federal programs. That's a that's a major component of this, of, of you know privatizing Social Security and getting rid of Medicaid. I mean, they really want to cut the social contract, and this is basically their tactic to do that, and also make a lot of money for people who support them, and they can make a lot and just fuck things up. But they they, they, they want to truly change the social well, contract, you mean drain, which is a big. You mean deal. drain the swamp? Yeah. God. God. And the fact that the Christian right so backs him so thoroughly is just uh, is galling to me. And that is because of abortion. He, oh, maybe you know, we can end, end the show on the big Billy, Billy Murray and Chevy Chase scene. This is it. Yeah, so this yeah. this will show what talent is. The two people you're about to see here and not see, but speak, despise each other. Well, yeah. In I, real life. Yes. I, mind if I play through? Uh, sure, go right ahead. What are you, getting in a late night or something? Yeah. Was that uh, your ball I heard, man? Yeah, did you see my ball? Oh, this is the anesthetized version of it. Does he get him well, no, drunk also, on cheap wine? I also think this channel is fucked up. It's yeah, like yeah. it's like going in and out. Yeah. It's really, it's really awful. <laughs> but I have a lot of things that are on order. You know, credit trouble. Credit trouble. I'm an assistant greenskeeper. They say that doesn't mean anything, you know, until I'm the head greenskeeper. Uh, can you give me a ruling on this? Oh, sit down. Come on. Make no, I don't, I don't want to. <laughs> Playing through. Well, here, take this thing off. There you go. Don't go to too much trouble, please. Here. <laughs> he lives in the garage. Fire yeah. up. Cannibal. <laughs> it's a cheap, shitty gallo wine. Like, really bad wine. Up there somewhere. I can get right through that window. People say, you know. I'm an idiot or something. So Chevy Chase lost his ball oh, in this house because yep. he's he's in a rut. He has well, to. I'm working on it. You know, that's so one thing they idea. think I'm too is he's good because he doesn't play. He plays for fun, man. Yeah. He doesn't take anything seriously, which yeah. is why he excels. Yeah. And now there's pressure on him, so he's playing like shit. Yeah, yeah. He's always kind of trying to practice a little bit, but he's not playing that well. Great, Carl. Can I get a nitrogen? <laughs> just open a curtain or something over there and just get right I out. invented my own kind of grass. I used to you shake my hand like this for a brief time in my life. That that way as opposed to this oh, way. Oh, yeah. I used to do that. Like, that was a look in the seven, late 70s. This is a hybrid. This is a cross, uh, a bluegrass, Kentucky bluegrass uh, feather bed bench and uh, Northern California sensimia. The amazing stuff about this is that you can play 36 holes on it in the afternoon. Take it home and just get stoned in a bejesus belt that night on this stuff. I got pounds of this stuff. Here. No, thank you. I don't. I, don't, uh, I got see, pounds of this stuff. This. I need a big Bob Marley joint. Big Bob Marley <laughs> joint. That's racist. <laughs> you know. And then one more. He's right on top of Bill Murray's a racist. Yeah. No, it's not. It's a I know. Big joint. Exactly. I know. I know. Exactly. I can't imagine drop. someone being that foolish to think that. Can I have a drop? Just a drop. Myself. <laughs> That's fine for me. That's good. They improvised this whole scene. This whole scene. Can I say something to you, Frank? Ty, Frank. You've been acting psychotically lately. 
What the hell? Why? Well, I've been a little under strain. I've got to play with Smales tomorrow. Smales? Funny match. No. The thing to do with Smales is, he bothers you. I'll take care of him. What you got to do with the Smales is, you cut the hamstring. Back leg right at the bottom. And never play golf again. Because he goes back. His weight displacement goes back. And he stays there. All his weight's on his right foot. He's going to be pushing everything off to the right. He'll never come true on anything. He'll quit the game. He'll quit the game. That would work. And I'm, I'm going to call you if I need that help. But seriously, no BS. You ever win a rap or anything? You know, just talk or just, you know, get weird with somebody. Rap. You know, buddies for life. But, I used I'll to shake my hand like that. What's your address over there? You're on Briar. Right? Briar. I uh-huh. did it when I was, Two. I have a quick one. So he, Bill Murray and, and Chevy Chase's character, they, they shake hands like not the traditional shaking, but like the, the linking of what people of color used to shake hands. Yeah. Back way. Well, I did hey, that for a man. while because I, I lived in D.C. I you did that. Do that. Yeah. And like, and, and I, I did that one time in Milwaukee, this white guy. I was 13 years old. 13. I was 13 in a bar with my uncle and my father. <laughs> and, and I shook his hand. He's like, we don't shake hands like that. We shake like a white man. Jesus I mean, Christ. I mean, it was like hard immediately. I was like, I remember that, that, that was jarring to me. And I'm like, I'm a 13-year-old kid. But that's also, I mean, you know, there were tough ethnic whites back then. <laughs> and they're still like, like places like South Philly and shit. Like these, you know, people think, oh, yeah, the liberal part of this whole thing. And c- cities are liberal. Man, there's a white underbelly in some of these cities. That You know, you think people in Bridgeport aren't like, I mean, you know, they, they want Trump to. They're all cops oh, down there and shit. They're all you know Polish I mean? and shit. Yeah, I mean, it's like that, that. That they're playing that angle, and that's fucking disgusting to me. I mean, they're fading. They're free, that, that that's part of their game too. They don't totally not have a presence in liberal areas. They have enough of one to to try to intimidate. So I wouldn't be surprised if something like that happens. Where holy shit in South Philly, fifty thousand white folks just started. You know, they they did their fucking protest and, and went down. You know, into, down to Independence Hall or something. Like, where are white people's rights like i could totally see that happening too yeah. as a response to this as it continues you know because that's what it was in the 70s that's how it happened you know so and i'm telling you dude this is the hand of putin is in a lot of this it is totally george floyd him getting killed on memorial day that that was gonna happen man that was gonna happen uh, uh and it was a hit too i mean that he knew him he knew george floyd the cop knew george floyd he knew oh, him. Yeah. I mean, there's a history there that's going to come up that's going to be pretty rough that I can't help but think that, again, this was a mob hit. And so I think something's going to happen. If, all, if enough July. information comes out, you can probably get him for first degree murder. Yeah, I wonder. If you prove that there was enough. Yeah, like true premeditation and stuff yeah, too. And yeah, enough yeah. of a relationship where it's like, no, he disliked George Floyd. But then they'll probably try to play it a different way. They don't have the death penalty in Minnesota. Shouldn't we give them the death? Try to, no, I don't know if that Dude, that's been my, up until now, that's been my issue with this is, they go, they go with the thing that they almost think know that they can't prove. Like when they tried to get Casey Anthony for first degree murder. Yeah, I don't care what your opinion is. Yeah, she accidentally killed her daughter. Yeah, Casey Anthony did not wake up and say, "Today I'm going to murder my daughter." Yeah, she drugged her daughter to get her to go to sleep because she wanted to go out and fuck dudes. Yeah, and yeah. she and she blew it, and, and she, she yeah, blew it, yeah, yeah, and yeah. her parents helped her bury the daughter. That is not first degree murder. Yeah. So yeah. when you just because it's that you get that trial by fucking by society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And trial by media. media yeah. Just because court every, of public just opinion. because everybody hated her guts, they were like, no, we think she did it. So you have to go for first degree murder, death penalty. Yeah, yeah. And it ruined, dude. It's unprovable. Yeah, it's um. And it, even in this case, as much as I think whatever they uncover, 
you got to stay. I think them going yeah. from third degree to second degree was just like, Ugh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you, you're, you're losing this case for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, it is, uh, there's going to be a lot of pressure. My, you can't my, admit that the system's broken and then just be like, well, but then do what we want. Yeah. Like we're acknowledging that the system is completely broken and racist, but also we want that system to charge these guys a first degree murder. It ain't going to happen. Yeah. You got to fix the system first. Yeah. Right yeah. now you got to take what you get. Yeah. 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 No, it's, and it can't just be, it can't just, uh, it can't just be about that. That is a component of it. It's about a much larger thing. Don't lose the momentum on that and the phrasing and the, and the verbiage on that, you know, cause it, there's has to be a, uh, there has to be a discussion about certain things, man. There has to just be a, and it's just, I think that <laughs> given who's running for office, it's going to be such a negative, ugly, gross campaign. And it's going to be, I mean, well, no one's, you know how you usually get the sound bites where you get the huge, like, yeah, where the, yeah. the Democrat gets, there's going to be none of that. It's going to be two people saying things that nobody agrees with. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's uh, so you know, again, and they are obviously going to try to cheat with election stuff like in Georgia. I mean, that is, again, when there was that progressive boner that everyone got when gay marriage was made legal, Roberts changed, gutted a key provision of the 1965 Voting Rights Act, which is one of the pillars of the civil rights movement. And basically it said southern states and certain congressional districts in New York had to report their voting before they even had voting. They had to show how they're going to you know, implement voting to see if there's any irregularities to ensure enfranchisement, to ensure access to voting. Well, Robert said times are different now, six, seven years ago. They have run with that, and these southern states have been able to rig the system where they're going to be able to keep winning certain states, Georgia being one of them, obviously, because there's a large African-American population there. They have a chance of losing statewide office there, you know, So, and they don't want to do that. They can't do that. It's part of their strategy. So they are disenfranchising people, like uh, affecting their oh, access yeah. to voting by the millions. I mean, that's a major component of that, and that has to be discussed. That has to be put out because that is the fundamental character of your democracy one vote one person but you see that's always been a lie it's not that way because the electoral college distorts that i saw we had someone to post that i hope he's cousin. listening right now yes yes why would they vote the fact is the fact is why should a vote in wyoming count seven times more than a vote in california why should that be the case well, well you're no, affecting I think, my voting i think you're his whole point my voting. i think his they whole won't point. vote because they'll be they'll, and, dominated and, by the bigger states and then oh, wow, and then the 18th century intellectual and then that'll hurt the left because they won't vote at all and then the people like you know, <laughs> no i no. what i'm saying is i get his point but i don't agree with it yeah like yeah. i get what he was trying to say that like if Vermont thinks that their vote's not going to count because they only have 10,000 people in their state, then like, well, why are we even going to go out and vote? Because <laughs> your vote's going to count more. Yeah, yeah you're, yeah. you're thinking of it the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah the, they were duped on that. Exactly. It, it's going to have more weight. It, it needs to, yeah, it, it is. Again, it's almost like you explained it on paper. Do you want your state to be worth 300,000 votes or however many, or three? Yeah. Because yeah. right now it's only worth three well, or whatever the Vermont electoral number is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Again, I will say this. I just think that the Electoral College is a Byzantine old structure. The Republicans have rigged it so well, they've done such a good job on this, that they, they could get 46% of the popular vote and still win. Or even, and still win. And You're not the majority. Also, I think part of the reason of why they made the Electoral College is because they were like, well, we don't want to count all these votes. 
Well, so well, I think there's even a way. weighing the votes, votes in a different manner. I think there's even a way you can do it to where like there's an electoral college, but every state is the same number of votes. It's just yeah. whoever hits this number first. Yeah. You know. and you make the and you make it an odd number, so there's never a tie. Yeah, and then you're just like, well, every state is twelve electorates. Yeah, so yeah. you have to get over twenty six. However, however, you calculate that, no, no, that first person to this wins. Yeah. every state's equal. Yeah, well, it, it is. You know, of course, they want. Oh, it's th- we have thirty three states that are red, and all the counties are red. That doesn't where the majority. Here's my thought process: where the economic decisions get made, where the true decisions get made. Okay, where seventy percent of the country's economy functions it, it, it is the groundhog is wreaking yeah. havoc now it's the end of the movie chevy chase hates this groundhog because they paid john williams the guy who did the special effects for caddyshack is the star wars special yeah, effects yeah, guy yeah so chevy chase goes that goddamn gopher made more money than all of us yeah because john williams was the highest paid person on the wow, this production on the set. wow wow yeah that makes sense it works it's a gag that works. Bill Murray's annihilating the golf cart. A sequel I've never seen is Caddyshack 2. I refuse. It is. I've seen five minutes. Jackie Mason plays the Rodney Dangerfield character. It is unwatchable. Does Harold Ramis make it? Is, it? Oh, no. I don't even know who made it. It is garbage. It is garbage. You know? So anyway, man. But yeah, we should wind, wind it, down, it down. Okay. Good All show. Right. Good show. Okay, Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. End. We'll see you guys next week. It, it, it is... To me, with it's just.